Welcome back to the Suspense is Killing Us podcast. I'm your host, I guess. What? That's pretty good. Solid stuff. Thanks. Yeah. Kevin Clark over here on this microphone. I've got uh, Travis Vote here. Matt Lynch. Matt Lynch. Uh, everybody, everybody's uh, accounted for. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just jump right in. Yeah, we're going to do... Uh, this podcast, yeah. We're doing two today. Mm-hmm. Two podcasts in a day. You'll only hear one. And all then you'll hear the other one and later. The, but all about one... You'll hear them both. <laughs> actually, a truly great director. Johnny De Palma. Brian De Palma. Brian De Palma. Yeah, we're jumping into the... the who I think is like kind of the master of this genre. Yeah. This is going to be a He's little the bit... the master of suspense. That's what they call him. No, they, no the master, really of, the master of the macabre was on the poster for Dress to Kill. No, the Hitchcock Hitchcock's master of suspense. Oh, but yeah, okay. they called him the master of the macabre. On I the don't co- know on about the, macabre. I know. I think that. Well, I mean, they were trying to get butts in seats, and he's it the, worked. He's the master of like immaculate sleaze. Yeah, I think that's pretty. That's good. That's one thing he's very good at. Yeah, oh that's not going to get butts in seats. It, it's absolutely. Oh man, it's going to put my butt <laughs> in seats. Come on, this this whole uh, this whole um, portion of our podcast of our show is going to be different than I kind of even thought because I, I did not think about De Palma when we yeah. talked about the subject matter. I was like, oh man, we're going to do a bunch of shitty movies, and then it's like Brian De Palma absolutely fits into this category. Yeah. And these movies, well, we'll talk about it, but these movies are by and large pretty great. Great. I, I wanted to get and I wanted to get this one out of the way too because I feel like. I wanted to do a podcast for years. I came up with an idea for a podcast a years ago for Matt and I to do where we do each De Palma movie called The De Palma Gists. Oh, pretty good. Um, I'm great at naming podcasts, by the <laughs> it's way. It's true. <laughs> it's true. But uh, we never got around to it. So this is the this is an even and this is the next best thing. This is even better, honestly, because we don't have to we don't have to slug through like high mom and shit. Right. Oh boy. And we um, like we don't want to have a boring bad time talking about even a great movie like Casualties of War. Well, and I don't like, want. Wow, this was fun. Huh? Right. <laughs> and then if we're doing them in order, we get to like redacted, and it's just like, what are we doing? What the fuck are we Why about are we even talking for? about? Nobody about wants anything. to talk about redacted. And so this yeah. is a good. This will be a great sampling. Um, but. <laughs> also, before we get started, I want to. Brian De Palma figures into uh, what I'm, I'm going to call Travis and my origin story. Also, oh, oh boy, <laughs> and we don't we didn't really cover it because it doesn't quite fit the uh, genre. No, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it well it doesn't fit into this the this particular thriller genre. All right, but you um, guys met like a thriller. <laughs> no, <laughs> we met we met at a, we went met working in a movie theater and we kind of got along instantly. Um, but at a certain point, I had a girlfriend, mm-hmm. and then he moved in with my girlfriend, mm-hmm. and then I moved in with the two of them. Right. And uh, and then like a month later, I broke up with my girlfriend, <laughs> and then there was a week period of time when I was like, I but I don't have any place to leave to live, so I am going to like have to stay here while I look for another place to live. Yeah. And so I slept on the couch. Right. Uh, and then Kevin was there. I was on the couch, and we just hung out on that couch for like a week straight it was awesome it was all the time for like a week straight and uh, one of the first it's like one of our major bonding moments was uh, i brought we were watching uh brian de palma's the fury great movie yeah it's not we'll be covering on this podcast but is it right that's why we're that's why i want to get this out of the way but it is brian de palma and it does have a lot of the hallmarks of great brian de palma i mean the first it's it's about like X Men kids essentially. They're psychics, but being like hunted by the government to use right. his weapons. Mm-hmm. But like, 
Well, a lot of it's just a lot of uh, shirtless Kirk Douglas running around into people's apartments yep. and saying weird shit. <laughs> Mother Custers. Yeah. And um, it's, and it's uh, I think that might have been kind of the first time I, and it was probably from talking to you about it at the same yeah. time, but I'd, I'd watched a lot of, I went through a De Palma kick when I was in, uh, you know, Everyone does. early teens or something when I first started getting into movies. Yeah. And obviously I'd seen Untouchable before that and the, <laughs> like the bigger ones. And, and, and But his movies sometimes would, would like baffle me and i'd just be like well that sucked or what the fuck was that and then and then and the fury is a similar sort of movie but watching with kevin was the first time it kind of clicked that was like oh it's that's supposed to be this way yeah. he doesn't care about this stuff but he cares a bunch about this other stuff and you mm-hmm. just have to appreciate it for what it is and once you can yeah like in the fury is the quintessential movie like that because it's just a bunch of shit that he's throwing at you mm-hmm. it doesn't really make any sense it's, like i don't know what it's about it's kind of it's kind of almost it's dumb. just he wanted to do <laughs> 10 awesome things and he yep. crammed it together into one movie and sure enough there's 10 awesome things in there yeah and one of one of my favorite one lines of, greatest of dialogue of all time. one of the greatest endings of all time just google it oh god just google it youtube that it's all over the I place mean, you should watch the whole movie but jeff definitely well, watch the ending. i guarantee people who are listening to this if they haven't seen the fury have seen that before because people post that shit all the time because yeah. it's just because it's too good i'm worrying i'm not going to spoil for it we're going to spoil the endings of all these other brian de palma movies right. real quick but we're not going to spoil the ending of the fury it's the but- finest moment in john cassavetti's story career <laughs> I think we can yes. all agree. Uh, but it has and my it's favorite, how he died. My favorite line, he's talking to, uh, it's Kirk Douglas, and he's in a car. He's just been in a car chase. Uh, and then these cops, uh, for whatever reason, aren't going to arrest him, but they've, it's, they pull him over. One of the cops is uh, a guy we'll be talking about a lot today. Uh, what's, fuck, I forgot the Dennis actor's Franz. name. Sipowitz. Yeah, Dennis oh, Franz. Man, I forgot. Franz. Dennis Franz. <laughs> and he goes, he's talking to him, he's, and he goes, say, uh, Kirk Douglas ask, ask, is like, ask, uh, ask uh, whatever his name is, Cassavetti's about his arm. He goes, what about his arm? What happened to his arm? I killed it with a machine gun. And then and then Kirk Douglas drives the car off of a dock into the ocean. That's his way of escaping from the cops or whatever. And there's Kirk Douglas soaking wet in a phone booth talk to calling a He's woman just, up and going, I need your body, baby. Yeah. Well, the, and, the, and that was it's like me his, and Kevin code. So we hard. laughed so yeah. hard and I think that was uh, It was yeah. code, yes. We were we were friends. <laughs> we were already friends, but I think that like thank you Brian De Palma for making it was solidified our relationship. We were yeah. like, "Oh, we we both appreciated the fury on exactly the level that I think we were supposed to." Basically, on that couch <laughs> lied the entire future of our relationship. Here we we are. talked about doing comedy yeah, and like all this shit. It's like true. In that week, it's true. So anyway, I wanted to get that little little personal uh, aside out of the way. It's get really some, cute. Yeah, it's a it good is, story. It is See, cute. You gotta make the you gotta make it personal to draw the people in. And That's now a nice story. I feel like warm now. And Aww. everybody, everybody, look, yeah. everybody watched the Fury. Everybody, everybody watched, watched the, Fury. the Fury. But uh, we're not gonna talk about the Fury other than that part where we talked about the Fury. Yep. <clears throat> we're gonna talk about. Early period, because this uh, podcast gonna, covers seven yep. uh, thrillers from the 80s and 90s. Uh, six. six. Oh, sorry, six. Sorry, but but this podcast covers thrill- thrillers from the 80s and 90s, and right. so we're going to start in right. the very early 80s, yeah. and then go to the late 90s and actually kind of cut into we the cheat, We cheat a little, 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 little bit. I think it counts. It's like, you know, how things, you know, how one decade bleeds into the next, and it, it's totally, the last one we're going to talk about is... Uh, it can't be ignored. Is uh, it is absolutely sort of caps off all of these ones. The so. Nea Plus Ultra, but this, of but Brian this episode, film. but this episode is going to cover the early '80s, mm-hmm. which might have been, which was a very strong p- period for Brian De Palma. Yeah, and very sleazy. You'll read all about it. I'm blonde, sorry, but I'll get her. I've already been to the police, but I didn't tell them about Bobby. I wanted to talk to her first. Brian De Palma, the master of the macabre who shocked audiences everywhere with Sisters, Carrie, Obsession, and The Fury. 
now invites you to a showing of the latest fashion in murder. So let's start with uh, the, the, the first one. Um, We're jumping right into the deep end here. <laughs> jumping right into the deep Dressed end. Dressed to kill. Dressed to kill. From 1980. 1980. Yeah. What's there to say about Dressed to Kill, guys? What's this psycho homage to begin with? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very much so. You got uh, you got your cross dressing. You got uh, the. He, he, it's actually you so have much the whole of a fake out first act. Yeah, the fake yep. out first act where the person who you think is going to be the main character gets killed. Yeah, and it sort of follows her around through her life. Let me let me just start say that this movie begins <laughs> what like a couple minutes into this movie, if not sooner, with a close up of a woman's vagina. That's a, yeah, it's like less than a minute into the movie, probably. Yeah, she's Brian in the shower. De Palma is out of his fucking mind in the early '80s. Yeah, it's the shower scene that turns out to be a, a nightmare. Yes, but I then think. Um, no, yeah, that's like a sex dream that turns into a nightmare. That turns into a nightmare. <clears throat> that then tur- then then cuts smash cuts from her 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 horrifying shower dream where she's murdered in the shower to her just her husband just just rutting her on the bed. It's like the she's least She's not into it. No, she is not and she is not into it. She being Angie Dickinson, we mm-hmm. should probably mention that. So the movie starts with Angie Dickinson having a sex dream where she's in the shower. Yeah. And then uh then somebody kills her in the dream. She wakes up. Mm-hmm. She's in bed with her husband, not having a great time. Oh yeah, I hear bells. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, where are you? <laughs> then she uh then she goes about her day. She goes to the museum. Yep. And sees this handsome gentleman following her. Does yeah. she speak with Michael Caine before she goes to the museum uh, yeah. about her pent up sexual yeah, that's desires? Right. That's there right. She's and she talks satisfied. to her therapist. There's, Michael a, there's Caine. a little bit of setup because she speaks to her therapist, Michael Caine, and her her genius her genius inventor son, uh, Keith Gordon, mm-hmm. uh, very briefly from Christine. Um, from from Christine, yeah. Absolutely fantastic character in this movie. It's weird when he's got his weird robot machine in the in the bedroom and he says, "No shitter is going to take me away from you know, my invention." You know, when I've read a bunch of interviews with De Palma and he talks about how that's maybe the most autobiographical. That's what he's he got because he's it's basically like that character, the Keith Gordon character, is what he was like in high school. Was he just was like a inventor, like a real a hardcore like. The bathroom Tech buddy. Nerd. He invented the bathroom <laughs> yeah. buddy. He invented the Enigma yep. machine. Because smokeless <laughs> ashtray, the Pelter smokeless ashtray. <laughs> he did. That's about Brian De Palma. Maybe I yeah. will watch that movie after. Well, yeah, the imitation game. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know he He's was Alan so... Turing. Oh, A lot of people weird. don't know that. I had no idea. Today, <laughs> they call them computers. <laughs> yeah. Back then, Enigmas. That's, so That's how that movie ends. So Angie... Oh, is that right? <laughs> I did not see that movie. Oh, yeah. So Angie Dickinson, uh, she goes to the museum. I mean, when you describe the plot, it just sounds like... It, it's it's like I've been, I think I've said a few times on this podcast. It's like if any of these a lot of the movies we've been talking about are not great, but had they been directed by Brian De Palma, they may not be great movies, but there would be at least four fucking great scenes in them. Like yeah. he would t- he would take them. So he's like it's essentially she goes into she meets this guy at the museum. Um, he's following her. She's following him, and then she gets nervous, and then he's following her, and then she goes, "No, I'm gonna follow him." She follows him out, and then gets in a cab with him, and she drops just, a glove. Immediately starts having. Se- they immediately just have sex in this cab, and the cabbie's yeah. sleazily watching them do it. Go to a hotel room, mm-hmm. do some more banging. Yep. No, I think it's his apartment. Was oh, it? Is it, it apartment? His apartment? Yeah, yeah, it's his apartment. Yeah. And that, oh, that's and right. that leads Nancy to Allen lives there. Yeah. Well, because then it's like, <clears throat> it's like this lady's. In this dream, she has this nightmare that's like she gets murdered in this nightmare. It's like, oh man, that's pretty bad, but you know, whatever. Then she gets is having this sort of almost dream where she's like, I'm, I'm making love with this guy, this guy, you know. And then she, and then she's in his apartment. She's about to leave, and she's like, oh, I need, I forgot something. She goes <laughs> back, so, and she's so funny, and she keep. It's like this, it, like it keeps getting worse for this woman. 
And because she sees a thing where it's like that he's like has has a venereal disease. No, mm-hmm. I mean it's so funny. The and she way forgets they tease her. It she forgets too. her wedding ring too. She yeah. and She's like, oh no, she has to go back. She sees it's a, a venereal disease. And this is all this whole this like maybe ten minutes of the movie or more. That's like all it's done. Long. It's all silent and it's just to this gorgeous uh, Pino Donaggio score. It's oh, closer yeah. to like half an hour. Is it? Is it really? Yeah. It's I mean, the long. whole first section is is long, but there's like this whole that whole section is just is like is wordless. It's, the scene in the museum is beautiful. wordless and goes on for a good ten minutes. Yeah, well, so is this. Up, up until she gets in, up until she gets in the elevator, there's no dialogue, and then it, and then there is. But I think there's nothing. She's just looking at this shit, and she sees a venereal disease. The part thing. where she goes to his desk and like opens the she's drawer, she's gonna leave a note for him. She's gonna leave like, a note, and she's like smiling. She like, has this. Yeah. Oh, I really had a. That was. Fu- I don't know. If, oh right, she writes one note that's like maybe we'll do it again, and she's like nah, crosses it out, and then writes like that was fun. She's like okay, yeah. this was like a fun thing. Maybe this is what I needed. Oh well, you know, move. Yeah. I'll just get back to my life again, and then she opens this. Or she, I don't know if there's a drawer, but she sees this piece of paper yeah. and she uncovers it, <laughs> and it says you tested positive. For or super syphilis or something <laughs> yeah. like that. It says it's it just, just like, says a venereal disease. You need to contact your doctor because yeah. it's like a confidential thing. But at the same, at, at any rate, she's like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of not what you see coming. And then she's forgotten her ring, which I can't remember if she get does she get. She goes back and gets, but it's like it keeps being like fuck. This this whole situation's fucked up. Then she's getting in this elevator. She gets in the <laughs> elevator, and as if things couldn't get worse for this lady, it's almost like a comedy set piece because it's like said it's like rule of threes or something like oh no she forgot her ring oh no a venereal disease what what <laughs> could, what next worse? for this poor lady well at least it isn't raining oh no <laughs> uh, and then she gets brutally murdered in the in the, the elevator. elevator slashed to death slashed by a woman in a black raincoat a woman in a black raincoat with a all right with a straight razor and it's just it's brutal just, too. it's let's just talk about it's just it's brutal like great shot where gorgeous. she puts her hands oh, up and the, and the blade slashes through her hand it's absolutely so hor- but also incredible yeah. Like Brian De Palma directs this scene so yeah. amazingly with like tight close-ups and slow motion, yeah. and then he just slows the film down to the point where you can see it frame by frame at certain moments. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, he's doing the shower scene from Psycho. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, and, but, and, and, and like honestly, it kind of rivals it. I mean, we're talking about yeah. Hitchcock, oh, yeah, and he's rivaling him in his technical. I'll skill. be talking a lot about how I think Brian De Palma rivals Hitchcock because a, I, yeah, yeah, we're talking Hitchcock. I, you're not as big a fan as Hitchcock as yeah, but that people, doesn't right? matter. Kevin's still right. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> But I think that just the idea of like having the chutzpah uh, to like go, I'm going to do this like Hitchcock and come pretty fucking close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brian De Palma is incredible. Yeah. Anyways, I just like I just wanted to stress that throughout all these movies, there's amazing technical stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all the De Palma, these De Palma set piece scenes are legendary. They're incredible. Well, yeah. and, and he's one of the few directors. He, and he <clears throat> His last movie I thought was good. Passion. Um, yeah, but I love I, that. He's he's one of the few directors working sort of sometimes today. That gives a shit about the set piece. You don't even you hardly see that anymore. It's sad that it hasn't carried over because because that's what I mean. That's the meat of of movies is like these these and he, and in every one of these movies that we're gonna talk about today, he's like <laughs> he like goes he has like two or three amazing set pieces. Yeah, and uh and that's and it's kind of like you were saying that's kind of all he cares about, but not. Only, but you know, it's sort of like, well, what are people watching movies for? Mm-hmm. If, they're, <laughs> exactly. if they're, if it's not, if it's not for like gorgeous camera work and brilliant editing and right. beautiful music yeah. and horrifying violence, like, like you remember that scene? This is kind of off topic. There's a scene in The Untouchables where they're they're on an airplane and Kevin Costner is talking to like the accountant guy. Mm-hmm. 
Charles Martin Smith, and they're like looking at something, and the music starts to swell, and they like maybe they figured something out, and then the camera starts to pull back from the window, and then it's this giant model of an airplane, like this big thing that they're sitting in. It's like this huge. <laughs> oh man! It's just this amazing shot that has. There's no reason for it to be there other than it's it's just awesome. Well, that's the just thing. wanted to do that. It's I just think that, epic. That's the thing though is that I think that there's no reason for it to be there except that like that's what movies except are that's what movies are supposed yeah, exactly. to be, and that nobody remembers that people always go like it's just showy and flashy, and you're like, but that's what everybody should be doing when they sit down to make a movie is yeah. go like, how can I make this constantly visually interesting to people? And Brian De Palma does that. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. And even in boring scenes where people are just talking to each other. And there's one in particular blowout that I'm going to talk about next. And we talk about that. But And there's no one in Raising Cane we'll talk about on the mm-hmm. next episode. does the same thing. But, uh, but like, uh, he's he's always just pushing. He's always just wants it to be visually interesting. Whether or not, like you said, like that scene, there's no reason for it to, for it to yeah. do that. But except, he, but always, except, like, th- that there is. And, he, yeah, he's trying to keep you from losing interest while two people are talking about the plot. Yeah, and the only other guy who, from Brian De Palma's school you know his class of whatever the late 70s did that did that that does that is uh spielberg, spielberg yeah. yeah um you know Absolutely. other than that they have very little in common because brenda palma is constantly <laughs> is constantly brutally murdering naked ladies Brian, in his movies. St- steven, no, spielberg steven spielberg does it in real does, life <laughs> yeah steven spielberg doesn't have a sleazy bone in his body and brian de palma doesn't have a non-sleazy bone in his body so that's that's a big difference um anyway back to the movie right so she gets murdered so then you're like the main character of this movie just got murdered meanwhile it's that's cutting, familiar it's cutting between her getting brutally murdered uh to uh Nancy Allen, who's soon to become our oh, right. main character, yeah. uh, like talking, she's a call talking, girl. talking to some guy. She's a call girl, and she's like, she know. sees she she runs across the killer. On yeah, his, when, as it's he's a fleeing. great, and that's again, that's it's like the elevator. She's gonna get in the elevator, and the elevator is like opening, and she sees the uh, uh, Angie Dickinson who's dying, and who's like reaching out for her, and she's like she's like reaching in to help her, and then she like out of the corner of her eye sees like in the in corner the, mirror, in the mirror in the of the elevator, elevator like the the murderer, the murderer, you know, hiding in the back, right? And as the murderer is also bringing the slowly yes. bringing the the like gonna cut, he's gonna like cut her too. He's like, oh, two two for one, I guess. Yeah. Every, every millisecond drawn out to yeah. like uh, as long as possible. Yeah. Full spatial awareness <laughs> for stuff that for us as an incident that would have happened in the course of like three seconds. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and you just get this full three hundred and sixty degree view of it. Yeah. She ends up taking kind of inexplicably, but whatever, like taking the uh, straight razor that the murderer has done with right. like, from the elevator she grabs it because she doesn't know what she's doing essentially it's just so that later on they can be like your prints are all over that straight racer yeah, yeah. In a, in a but really- that doesn't even really become a thing because no. dennis france well we're gonna get to dennis franz again oh uh, we're gonna get a lot of dennis france well, anyway so keith gordon her son <laughs> yeah and uh, nancy owen the call girl yeah. team up to solve the murder yeah and uh and then you know then it's them yeah, and they figure they try and figure out who it is while the killer stalks them. Mm-hmm. So like Keith Gordon, uh, he 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 thinks that uh, one of one of Michael Caine, his mother's therapist, patients named Bobby, yeah, who is clearly mentally unstable and possibly violent, is the killer. So he stakes out Michael Caine's office with this like, awesome camera rig that he builds <laughs> yeah. that takes like a still photo every so many seconds and he mounts on the back of his bicycle and parks the bike outside the office door and when he's like, to figure out how tall the guy is because she saw him in the mirror and he's like well how tall do you think the person was and it's all to, to solve his mom's murder because the cops aren't doing the shit. cops aren't doing anything and it's the uh, mystery uh, murderer we know what the murderer looks like we just don't know what the deal with the murderer is it's a suspiciously tall woman yeah 
blonde, blonde with sunglasses, a and, black uh, fedora and a black and a, trench coat, and a black trench, trench coat, and also uh, mean. And the killer is also now stalking Nancy Allen. Mm-hmm. That's right, and following her all over all over town. Yeah. We think, we think. Well, it's a. It's very. It's a. It's it, so. The, the it's plot a, is so thin. It's very thin. It's it's hard. To, it's hard to even I kind mean, of describe only the about plot. About an hour and forty minutes long, anyway. But I mean, but it's great because it's all just. That's what I'm saying. It's all just set pieces. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's all you need. You just need sort of a very thin plot, and then there you go. Go off. Let's go off and make this movie. And it, even the set piece where even the part where the kids setting up the camera to take pictures of people is like <clears throat> and it's worthless. Is like a set piece. Yeah. yeah, essentially, it'd be in another movie. It'd be like he'd put the camera there and then walk away. At no but point, but Brian De Palma it, makes it into cinema yeah. where you're like, "What is he doing? Yeah. What's happening?" And it's and it's it's thrilling. Well, also because <laughs> at no point is there a scene where Keith Gordon explains to somebody, "Okay, so I built this camera. Right. And I'm gonna put it on my bicycle yep. and it's gonna aim here." And but no, he shows you him building the camera, how it works, yeah. him setting it up and putting it in the right spot, and then later you see the film. And you're like, "Oh, yeah." And not that, um, not that. Uh, Brian De Palma doesn't have exposition scenes. No, in his he movies. does all the time. Um, but like he also knows. Well, I can just show you this part, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and it's well. Let's so let's cut to the end because speaking of exposition, we have to talk about we have the, to talk about the because he also rips off the psycho ending. The, the so it te- turns the terrible out, ending, the it, terrible. He rips off a lot of strange things of psycho about psycho. One of them is the fact that the killer turns out to be Michael Caine, the therapist, mm-hmm. who is. How do we want to describe his character? Well, he's... I believe they use the term transvestite in yeah, the film, which uh, seems wildly inaccurate to me, but... They, they didn't talk about this stuff hardly ever at this no, time. No, you gotta that's part this, of the problem you got to give movie, this movie yeah. a lot of breaks, lot I think, breaks, just because yeah. at least... And I'm and I'm sure that it's problematic in all kinds of ways, but also Absolutely. like this this movie I mean, is this, I, it's surprising that it's even about. They kind of call him a transvestite. I think it's implied that he's transsexual. They talk about transsexual. There's all the Phil yeah. Donahue stuff in the movie. Like they you see them yeah. watching like, the Donahue episode about. Yeah, so yeah. you're telling me that yeah, that's my Phil Donahue impression oh. <laughs> that you feel like you're a woman in a man's body. I that's was, like my Daryl Hammond impression of Phil Donahue <laughs> impression. Uh, so I was wrong. Daddy's at the office. Mama's in the kitchen, and the brother thinks he's a woman. I was wrong. <laughs> Bro, you done a few heads out there. <laughs> Call her. <Yes. laughs> there was. Uh, a, I thought that the boring conversation that he shot really funnily, humorously, was in Blow, but it's at the end of this movie. So there's a scene at the end of this movie uh, after the exposition scene where they've gone like, so you see, some doctor explains, well, you see, here's what his problem is, and he was Bobby all along, and mm-hmm. I knew there was something wrong with him, and they had, this doctor still was like, I knew there's something wrong with him, but I was and letting him go And it turns out that the, that the cops were people. letting him chase uh-huh. Nancy Allen because they were trying to bait him and then, out. And then Dennis' friends go, she's like, well, you didn't answer when I called. He's like, I was at a ball game. Here, you want some juicy fruit? Yeah. He literally offers her a stick of gum afterwards, and it, and, it, and the woman who was following her around was a cop. Was a cop who ends up saving her life because she's about to get killed by Michael Caine when she sneaks in the lookup address from his Rolodex to find out who the real killer is. He's going to kill her. And then this other blonde woman shows up behind Keith Gordon, who's outside going like, get out of there in the rain. And he, she, she, she shoots her. You're like, there's two blonde killers. And no, it's just one of them was a, was a cop who'd, uh, who Dennis Franz had followed. But it's just constantly him. pulling the rug out from under you like that, though, yeah, too. Yeah, uh, but there was a great scene uh, before the very end, which is another a whole other twist, uh, where... 
uh, Nancy Allen and Keith Gordon are sitting in some fancy restaurant having having dinner. Oh, after it's all this, so weird. After all this is gone, and the way he shoots it, it's like a split diopter split shot, diopter. which Palma loves. I think either that or it's just it's a split focus shot. It's either split somehow. diopter. I was watching this the other day because you told me about it. Yeah, you were like, look out for this, and you were watching. So I did, and it's either a split diopter or it's rear screen projection. Okay. Well, either way, they're in a fancy restaurant. Um, they're like in the foreground. It's cutting back to either one of them talking. And uh, Nancy Allen is explaining to Keith Gordon in graphic detail uh, sex change operations. In graphic detail, in graphic wrong detail, I think also. I Probably. Don't know that, I don't know any of this is... There was no internet at this time. So anyway, it's not... The content the of the script scene... script was probably written movie. by something so that the screenwriter had heard yeah, from yeah, something. Well, yeah, I mean, it has... Or gotten from it, a Donahue it's, episode. It's not interested in being like... Uh, what should we call it? It's Politically a, correct? It's not a or? documentary yeah. about that either. So she's right. explaining this very graphic uh, medical procedure. They're in this fancy restaurant. It, you, you, each time it cuts to them, there's a couple. There's behind Keith Gordon. There's a couple eating dinner, and you're like, "Oh, what's gonna, what's going on there? Why are they in focus?" And behind Nancy Allen, there's like these three old ladies at a table, <laughs> also eating. I mean, it keeps cutting back and forth. Them. The couple behind Keith Gordon are just. They they're just, just the talking. whole scene. They're just eating and they're talking and eating, having a dinner or lunch or whatever. Cuts the ladies behind Nancy Allen. There's like two of them that are talking, and then one of them keeps kind of like leaning and keeps starts listening to Nancy. Allen. And then she's as Nancy Allen gets Nancy more and Allen more. Will be like, and then they cut your dick from uh from yeah from the bottom to the top, and they spread it open. They pull the sh- they pull the schwanz out and all this Schwanz. stuff and essentially that's she's what she's saying but she, it's really funny because she's very cheerful about the yeah. whole she's like oh well I'll explain how, how it goes there Keith Gordon <laughs> yeah. so uh, they uh, cut the balls off but the off old lady is like the old lady old is disgusting and she's literally at one point clutching her pearls yeah it's so funny it's such a funny scene and I, I've watched that movie I've watched this movie probably like five times and I've never I never noticed that, that before how funny that scene is and it's just I guess maybe that's Brian De Palma taking shots at his he's constantly taking little shots at his critics or like going mm-hmm. way over the top just just to bait people yeah so it's almost like oh, here they are so just so you know this here's here's you guys here's what i think of you you're this old lady in the background right. clutching your pearls because of what i showed you in my movie fuck you yeah <laughs> i don't know I'm, i may be i may it's be interesting though i may be off base but also i just also it probably is just that it was a funny idea that he had it's and it's interesting that he makes a boring a slight not boring conversation but a conversation like that and he shoots it just from those two angles and like instead of cutting to there's no close-up of the old lady clutching her pearls are going oh what it's just only you only notice it in the side just behind nancy ellen it's interesting to me that that's that that scene is even in the movie because as you say like yeah it seems like it might be kind of de palma addressing his critics a little bit but he's addressing his critics Maybe. okay well let's say that that's what it's doing yeah. for the sake of argument so he's addressing his critics by including a scene in his movie about a killer transsexual <laughs> yeah. that clinically sort of lays out the process by which somebody would have sex reassignment surgery. Uh-huh. And that's supposed to be contradict what he may or may not be doing how. Like I don't it's, know. It's basically like suggesting that uh, people will be grossed out merely by the inclusion of a transsexual character or theme or story. It's... It's very strange. It's also, and he's like going, "Look, so we're going to describe, we're going to discuss very clinically for a moment yeah. what this means, as if that is a catch-all that applies to all trans people." And it's like disgusting. This old woman. It's also unnecessary yeah. in the movie because yeah. the plot has been explained. There was a scene before where they all the, sat cli- in the climax of the movie has happened at this yeah. point. Has already it's happened. They, they, it's also it's almost as if he's kind of trying to say, like, "Look, 
Nothing against these transsexuals over here. Some people think they're gross. Not me. It Maybe. doesn't really work. And yeah, I, but I, I have to say, this is 40 years ago. Right, no, I understand and I don't, that. And I don't want to be the guy who's like, well, you I'm know, not trying making to, excuses. I'm not trying to attack the movie or make excuses sure. for it. I'm saying that this is Brian De Palma's attempt at sort of, say, like, preemptively saying, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to single out a group here. Right. But I am going to use this for salacious material right. in my movie. It's, right. It's yeah. totally because it's totally worthless as a scene to move any plot along. Sure, it is. The plot, because there. the plot has ended. Yeah. Or has it? It's very strange. Because after that scene, then we cut to a extremely uh, sort of gothically lit. <laughs> it was just uh, another thing that Brian De Palma wanted to it's do. Like Arkham Asylum at the end. <laughs> yeah, of Yeah. Where, where it's it, like a, it actually doesn't happen. It has no place in the movie. But Brian De Palma wanted to do some more things, well, and so I he mean, added this on. I swear so then to God. there's a scene where it's essentially it's uh, Michael Caine who turns. Do we ever say he turns? He's the killer. We did. It right? turned out yeah. Michael Caine is his killer. <laughs> yeah, he's he, the killer. He he was um yes. his he also kind of has he, right, he's yeah, a yeah, trans yeah. whatever, but he also has uh, multiple personalities. Right. And the other personality is the woman I think that wants to come out. And the woman wants to come out of him, gets mad whenever he gets sexually attracted sexually to aroused, a woman. Yeah. And this is telegraphed a couple times throughout the movie when someone, because women are constantly hitting on him and going like, do you want to fuck me, Michael Caine? He's like, yeah. oh, no, maybe. <laughs> it, maybe that sounds good. And then he'll look in a mirror and, and, you, and you don't really know what it means at first, but it's like his other personality going like, right. what are you doing? You can't, have, you can't shag that bird. <laughs> am I supposed to be like Rain Man? Am I awakening? Well, also during <laughs> I mean, the, what the hell am I doing here? What the hell am I doing here? The, the scene where uh, he's... Um, where Donahue's playing is a split is a split uh, screen scene, I believe, where De Palma or where uh, Michael Caine's listening to the messages from, from his Bobby. from his patient Bobby, who Who's turns him. out to be him. Yes. While the uh, the Donahue, the infamous Donahue, plays in the background. Episode <laughs> the plays infamous in the Donahue. <laughs> the infamous Donahue. <laughs> it's the a Robert Ludlum movie. Um, but uh, but yeah. So then so then he escapes from this asylum in like a ridiculous way where this this like very buxom uh like cartoonish nurse it's he like kills, a total he kills her and, nurse. He, and she's only wearing her white nurse's dress and, and he, like, he, like lingerie un, he, like unbutts it and she has like sexy lingerie and, and all the all the like psychos in the in the water like along they're on screaming. the rafters and they're going woo they got this shot overhead shot that pulls yeah. back it's amazing it's great it's like it's straight, like, it's it's like like straight the, out of uh, nightmare on elm street like four whichever one it's like the asylum is the prison from the dark knight rises it's no. Arkham, no. and, uh, and, and so there's he, one nurse, one sexy nurse in charge of the whole the thing. Whole bunch. Yeah, and so then I'll kill that nurse, so now I can do whatever I want. Can and I? then, it, then he, so then he, like, it's like implied the that he's, it's implied he's gonna, he's taking her, her like nurse outfit to sneak out of there or whatever. So then it cuts the outside of uh, Angie Dickinson's house, and you see this, you see someone stalking up outside of the house, and you see Keith Gordon inside in this room, like working on some nerd shit, and then goes, o- and then he goes around the corner to some. To the, to the shower and then Nancy Nancy, Nancy Allen, Allen is Nancy in the Allen shower. having a naked in, shower is like in the, you do. Is in the shower. The Palma's wife at the time, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she's in a bunch of is stuff. in the, is in the shower and she so she, you know and then essentially like the first scene of the movie, the nightmare scene kind of plays out, but for Nancy Allen. But she sees the killer, but then oh, she sees the shoes, so she's like, okay, I'm safe. But then and the this, killer and hits the, the shoe gag will come up again this in this sh- podcast. And mm-hmm. the and the, a lot of these gags. The Palma loves again. doing the empty shoe gag. Um. So so then the, yeah, and then like he, she sees the shoes first, and like okay, there's someone there. And then it sh- we see the, around the corner of the doorway. Oh no, no one's in those shoes anymore. And then the killer sneaks up behind her, slashes her throat. And but she, it was all a dream. She wakes up screaming. 
Um, and I mean, I don't think that it has anything to do with the plot, but I do think that like the trauma of her almost getting killed before is because of the dream. And also just, it's a nice bookend to bookend the movie with like yeah. the op- the lady having the nightmare of that at the beginning, the lady having the nightmare of that. It sort of just like closes the whole thing into this perfect circle. It's a classic De shock ending too. Like she yeah. screams in terror, wakes up from the nightmare, cut to the credits. That's exactly well, what happens in Carrie. And ca- yeah, exactly. Same thing happens yep. in Carrie. Well, it happens at the end of the Fury. There's a shock ending in the Fury. Well, and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to read my letterbox when I was watching this movie last time I wrote uh, my thing in Letterbox. I it says every Brian De Palma movie is like an echo chamber of itself and other Brian De Palma movies, mm-hmm. which is why we're going to be talking Not about inaccurate. a lot of the same things. And I don't think I don't mean that as a as a diss. I mean that that's like he's constantly reworking the same themes in different ways and it literally the same scenes mm-hmm. uh, happen. Uh, I don't know because the scene where he's stalking. Outside well, of the, the house. scene where he's talking outside the house reappears at the beginning of the next movie. Of his talk next about. movie, yeah, the very next movie, which is blowout, which is the next movie, which was his next movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, but and uh, it's also not really happening, right? right? Exactly. Like so it's much not stuff really in, happening. Like so much stuff in Brian De Palma movies. Yeah. It's not even happening. And then it's also, <laughs> and then it also makes you go. He's well, so indifferent to the overall plot of his movies. Well, it's also like I was just making a fucking dream sequence. Look, I want to do this scene. Yeah. But it's also not really happening, but also none of it's really happening because it's a movie. It's all a movie. All right. And he'll get to that in I Body mean, Double. I'm just saying that that's, that's what we're... Uh, that's that's, that's what where we're, he's always that's going. That's what we're talking about here. Sure. So. There is a lot of that sort of just like, huh, how about movies, right? And like commentary about voyeurism and how it pertains mm-hmm. to movies and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all what Body yeah. Double's all this about. Movie, this movie, this is why De Palma is so amazing to me, is this movie's fucking stupid, but it's yeah, also but it's so technically amazing. flawless and like I have totally so, engrossing. If, if it wasn't De Palma making this movie, you'd have so many complaints. You'd, you'd be sure. like, why did they make this? This is nonsense. Well, if it like, wasn't De Palma awesome. making this movie, it would be it, one of the other shitty movies we've been talking about. That's what about. I'm talking yeah, about. That's true. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, imagine... Even if Brian De Palma made like something like The Pelican Brief, like that, that movie, would, that would that look movie, like something. I'd be like, that movie was fine. There was one, there were two scenes that were amazing. Yeah. Instead yeah. of it being like, I don't remember what happens in that movie. I watched it a month ago. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to? We want to do some quotes. Before uh, we go I, to didn't, our I didn't write down. Any I didn't quotes, write down so any quotes. I got some quotes. I'm bad at. Qu- I'm bad at writing quotes. We didn't. We didn't talk enough about Dennis Franz. Well, there's plenty of He'll time to up. talk well, about Dennis Franz. He's gonna come Franz. up in the next movie. But I, I, in my notes, so. I have him as Dennis. I have a note that says Dennis Franz is sleaze cop. He's in the next two he's, movies. He's the sleaziest, grossest cop of all time. But it actually turns out he's kind of he kind of knows his business. Yeah. Uh, but here's a classic. Even though it's kind of like that's that was your plan. Yeah, here's a, here's a, a great Dennis Franz line where you know he's trying to get the. Stalls off the case. We got some hot pants broad cruising around for some action. The guy she picked up went down on her in a cab, for Christ's sake. I got a blow-by-blow description for the cabbie, yeah? Hey, McLean. Sounds and just then, like him. Yeah. And then, and then, what sets off the metal detectors first? <laughs> the lead in your ass or the shit in your brain? What's the matter, eh? Am I a little crude for you? Eh? He's eh? constantly going, eh? People and it's especially because like, he goes, What am I a little crude for you? She's like, Actually, yes, that's not what we call it. He's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> he gets all mad about it. Who's he talking to? Nancy Allen. He's okay. talking to Nancy Allen. That's right. <laughs> He's great. I am not a hooker, she he, says. He is dressed, he is dressed like a chest rockwell uh, throughout the whole movie. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. You're like, This guy's a fucking cop. What is happening? Uh, yeah, he's uh, great. here's one where Nancy Allen's talking to uh, the kid. 
the nerd hero. He can't we can't I can't emphasize enough how fucking badass this kid is. He saves her at one point. With he's like, great with like a mace that he made himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We skipped over a lot. Uh, but anyway, well, she, I mean, but anyways, he's talking about dress to kill. Just spoil, don't don't spoil kill. a set piece. It's like that subway chase is really great because yeah. it's sort oh, of like very weird. low key, and there's all these shots of like you see something that the characters don't see. That's, that's such so a weird, good. That's such a weird scene too, because it's like this whole gang of black guys. And like, black that's, kids. that's probably uh, the most problematic. It's very moment problematic. In the that's movie. almost more problematic than any of the stuff about because the transgender stuff. I think is almost so laughable. But that's also you're clueless. Like, uh, yeah. What is this scene about? Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> yeah, that that scene is basically like watch out for black people. I mean, <laughs> but, how else can you read it? But a the beautif- cops black in that scene too. That's true. Well, okay, that makes it. But okay. a beautifully, but a beautifully uh, executed like suspense sure. sequence. Yeah. Let's not. Let's uh, not but at one point, she's uh, Nancy Allen's hanging out with the kid, and I, I just thought this was funny because because he's like sad because his mom was murdered and stuff. And she goes, he goes, you liked your mom a lot, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess I did. What do you think about it? Keith My Gordon mom. is great in the scene where he they're first at the police station. He has like his little listening device and he listens in on the whole cops talking about his mm-hmm. mom's murder yeah, he through the wall the and stuff. Officer. I don't know. He's he's really good. He's sad in a very realistic way. I think he's he does a good except except that he looks exactly like fucking Harry Potter in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. especially in that scene at the end where they're talking about like and then you split his dick open you peel back the skin and it just cuts to Keith Gordon going like and he's no, like his Keith hair Gordon's is all pretty no, chill about the whole he's thing. Okay with the no, he's looking like this. He's like, oh, you really wish you weren't telling me this. And then he's got like this fucking Harry Potter blown out haircut. He he's got ridiculous. the scar and everything. It's very, it's very weird. Uh, <laughs> Keith he, Gordon, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I thought you were very good at <laughs> that scene. I didn't say he was bad. I just say he looks like Harry Potter. You do <laughs> look like you do look like Harry Potter, but. Here, here's the scene where the doctor is like explaining everything oh, in God. psycho style. The doctor, isn't he the mayor from Ghostbusters? Yes, he is. Yep. Uh, he goes, Elliot's penis became erect and Bobby took control trying to kill anything that made Elliot masculinely sexual. Yep. That all seems legit. Same. There you go. That Same all here. seems like legit. So, <laughs> and what's widely considered a terrible uh, scene is the what it's ripping off is Dakota to Dakota to, to Psycho totally kills Psycho for me. And right. I th- and I, I love Psycho. Psycho is maybe my favorite Hitchcock movie. But well, this works it. in a way that I yeah. don't think the one in Psycho works. This one, yeah, I think that... Also, Brian there's did, more afterwards. It doesn't I, I just go that, out on that. Yeah. I think this scene is funny, too. Like, it's like a doctor explaining shit, but it also has stuff where Dennis Franz is being real, just real <laughs> sleazy. Hey, McLean! And, and, it's, and it's explaining also the rest of the stuff from the plot that you didn't understand. So right. you're like, oh, okay. So it's a little it, it's a little more interesting than the scene yeah. from Psycho, which is literally just a doctor talking to the characters who haven't died in Psycho going, here's what happened. Yeah, and then cut to the <laughs> car getting pulled out of the mud. Then he looks <laughs> yeah. right in the camera and goes, do you get it? Huh? Get it? Huh? Hello? Is this thing on? Huh? You listening? <laughs> All right. It makes sense. All right. Uh, ratings. Yeah. Uh, I give it five Franzes. Oh, we, oh. Get, we that's that's personalized ratings. We do that last. Oh, Fine. We got to do Douglases and. Uh, Judds and well, Douglas. I'm giving it all of everything. Yeah, it's really? just a masterpiece. It's a great. Movie. You're giving it five Douglases. You're giving it everything. I'm gonna give it. I mean, I give it four out of five stars technically, just like on a general yeah, level. I'm, give, I'm giving it I'm four. Give, I'm giving it five Douglases. I'm giving I mean, it four Judds. I think this is sleazy, man. How many Judds, Kevin? Oh, how many Judds? Four and a half. I'm giving it four. I'm going full. I'm You're going, going five. I'm just giving it You're everything. five all across the line. Yeah, I just yeah. feel like it's too great. Okay, and personalized ratings. What, Matt? You all five Franzes. Five Franzes. All right. I'm giving it four. Doug- I'm going to do four Douglases. Also, uh-huh. I just got. I mean, it does have a, a beaver shot that goes on and on for the opening, but I mean, I've just, it's it's not quite the sleaziest thing I've ever seen. So I gotta gotta leave a little room open. Special thanks for the beaver shot. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. And I'm going to give it five beavers. 
Five beaver shots. It's good. It's good. It's very classy. It's, it's, a classy it's really amazing, but there but there is some like dumb stuff in there that I don't like. So I've got to, I've got. To I leave mean, this a is not room. this is not my favorite De Palma movie. It's probably not even in my top five favorite De Palma movies, but I still think it's a total masterpiece. Um, it's incredible. I guess uh, as far as personalized, I'm gonna give it uh, five Keith Gordons. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I got it. Five pearls clutched. Five pearls clutched. <laughs> five five old horrified old ladies. I'm gonna give it an entire spectrum patronus. <laughs> yeah. It's a Harry Potter reference. It began with a sound that no one was ever supposed to hear. He's the one who saw it? Yes, he says he pulled the girl out of the car. I would like you to forget about her. Yeah, that's what I heard just before the tire blew out. You're right, it was a shot. He recorded a murder. They say it never happened. So jumping off from the nightmare sequence at the end of Just of that Kill is the, to the opening uh, scene of Blowout. Of Blowout in 1981, which is the next. So Brian De Palma's very next movie, very next movie. Uh, starts. This movie, I think, is his masterpiece. His I, greatest film. I think we're Agreed. all. I think we're all in agreement there. Jesus I mean, he's made Christ. many. As I, I overuse the word masterpiece already, but I mean, he's made many, many great, great movies. This is his greatest. I movie. watched all six of these movies. I watched four of them in one day. I watched all six of them within like three or four days of each other and i saved this one for last because i had watched it most recently and i was like oh fuck i watched this six months ago but why don't i watch this every week because mm-hmm. it it was it was by far i'm glad i saved it for last because it was by far which i mean it's not to say the other ones aren't good or don't have good stuff but this is by far the the best <laughs> De Palma movie we're going to talk about i think just his best movie period yeah. this to yeah. me is what happens if brian De Palma kind of does care to put together a coherent story it's got all the set. It's actually it's got so many fucking set pieces and it's incredible. But it's also like works start to finish and doesn't feel like any part was just sort of wedged in there because he wanted to do it. It feels like a complete and, movie. And it has characters that I actually genuinely care about. And yes. Like like and it has a lot. emotional not, resonance. Not that he doesn't in other movies. I mean, like Carrie, for example. I I like I like Carrie because I you like Carrie White and you're like in, I mean so when she goes crazy at the end you're kind of almost like yeah I mean I get it. I like I what she did too. Yeah. <laughs> I like but, Carrie. I like so I'm not did. saying he hasn't had other movies where he you have characters you care about, but a lot of times Brian De Palma is one of those directors where you're like, these characters are just here for him to right. kind of play around with and murder and do what he will with, which is which I think is totally fine, and that's all Hitchcock ever did. Hitchcock never had a character I give a shit about in any of the movies. Not I've even seen. Vertigo. Not even Ver- Vertigo, because I think he's a creep in Vertigo. I mean, I like that about that movie. No, though. but I mean, but I think that's I find but, him a tragic. But what creep. I mean is that I, yeah, I don't, I don't see him as, I don't know, I don't see him as so, so tragic. Vertigo's not my favorite Hitchcock either. It's, I think it's great. It's up there, but that, I think that's why I like Psycho more. I kind of like, I think that uh, Norman Bates is a more sympathetic character than Jimmy Stewart in Vertigo. What about Harry and the Truth About Harry? I have not seen that. You mean I'm the a, big, I'm, the Bigfoot movie? I'm a Truth About Harry man myself. I'm a frenzy guy. No, oh you're God! <laughs> Frenzy is Hitchcock. Pretty good. Frenzy is Hitchcock that's, trying. That's a like tough it. one. Frenzy yeah, is like Hitchcock it. trying to do De Palma. He's like, oh, these kids these days want to see blood. I will do that too. And you're kind of like, Ugh, you don't just retire. I feel like I feel like <laughs> with those with Frenzy, Hitchcock was finally able to make a movie that he wanted to make, and it's just wall to wall rape so? scenes. Yeah, I mean that's Jeez. that might be finally true. It, the things have loosened up, and I can just have one rape scene after another that goes on and on. And then he died immediately after he made that movie. I don't. Because he was finally happy. We're not here to talk about. We're not here to Hitchcock. slag off on Hitchcock. No, we're gonna do plenty of that. Well, I mean, I'm I am here a little to slag off on Hitchcock. Okay. 
Um, this I, is this is blowout. We're talking blowout. about so here. Uh, blowout. I, before we get too far away from Dress to Kill, does open. So the ending, uh, Dress to Kill, the nightmare scene has has a scene where the, he stocks up on it's the like house. A POV shot POV. from the killer's point of view, and you hear him like, <sighs> yeah, breathing, breathing. And he's and he's stalking along the house, and you Soft see inside focus. the house. Uh, blowout opens with uh, with that. Somebody with stalking scene, these somebody co-eds stalking in, a, these in co-eds. a dorm, and it's very much you're very you're like. This is kind of a. This seems like kind of a shitty movie. Like, and this is the beginning of the it movie. Sure this is does. before, and it's like yeah. this is kind of a shitty movie. This, I thought this was, you know, I'd heard this was good. I remember the first time I watched it, I'm like, what's going on with this movie? It like and it's totally, all in a single take. It's all in a single take, and this guy stalking around the outside, and he's seeing these girls pillow fight and people fucking, and then he like goes in. He gets inside there, and he yeah. goes goes and makes his way into the shower room. So it opens with the a best, shower. I also like again. how it, when he gets mm-hmm. into the bathroom, there's a brief moment where he looks in the mirror. You see what he looks like. Yep. Yeah, and it's just like it's yeah. It looks like a shitty movie, but no shitty movie was ever well that well directed. Of course, I mean, it's <laughs> so much better than it, it has the feeling of that kind of shitty movie, yeah. but it lo- is so much better than those shitty right. movies because yeah. Brian De Palma can't actually do something. So shitty. you're, you're going, finally, you're going, like, what, you're going like, what the fuck is this movie blowout? I thought John Travolta was supposed to right. be in this what's happening and he gets to the shower gets to the he shower. He shower. Pulls, there's a lady in the shower taking a shower he pulls open the shower curtain pulls Got out the knife, knife stabs her or she and she's about to stab her and she screams the <laughs> worst <laughs> terrible scream cuts to a sound booth and it's like a movie that they're yeah, that John Travolta is the sound, sound man guy. working on the movie uh, yep. and the one guy of the, one of the greatest see? opening one of the greatest openings of a movie ever, ever right off the bat too because and it suckered he, in, me in, the in first another time Brian I saw De Palma it. movie yeah. it would be a cheap ass dream sequence this fits in with the movie right it fits like this yeah. is his job. This is what he does. This yeah. is the milieu that he that he comes because he's a. It's very important that he's or at least De Palma finds it interesting that he's a B schlock. Uh, he works in B schlock movies because yeah. I think B, well, there's De a reason for it. To, later on, you find out kind of what how what how he why he's up, working why in these he's landed kind exactly. of there. So it all. I mean, this whole movie. Yeah, I mean, this is a. I think this is the first out and out masterpiece that we've covered on it's, here. It's a pretty flawless movie. Yeah. But anyway, so the movie now is about John Travolta. He's a sound man. He records, does fully work in ADR for, for B movies uh, uh, based out of Philadelphia where, where it was photographed on location. Uh, and uh, he is out late one night recording sounds. The guy, the producer wants more of these, like, he wants some more sounds. He wants different sounds in the movie instead of the stock want, library I stuff. I don't want the wind that we've got. Go film wind. And yeah. so he's like, all right, so he's out one night filming wind in this in this, park. in this park, uh, and uh, and he witnesses a car accident where a car, uh, bl- the tire blows out and the car goes out of control and falls into the to the creek, mm-hmm. and uh, he dives in and rescues a woman who is in the uh, who is in the car, Nancy Allen again, mm-hmm. and there's a there's a gentleman inside the car who drowns, who's who's I think who's he's dead already. already unconscious or dead already, but she's alive, so he saves her. He saves her. And uh, over the course of the movie, he comes to believe that uh, there was not a car accident, but an assassination attempt, because it turns out that the guy in the car was a presidential candidate. Mm-hmm. And uh, he believes that he was assassinated, and there's a conspiracy to cover it up. Yep. And he's right, and too. He's, he's absolutely, absolutely right. He's 100% right. He's 100% right. He's absolutely on. And <laughs> part of this movie was inspired by the Antonioni movie, Blow Up, mm-hmm. yep. which is about a photographer who believes he has ph- photographed a murder yeah. and uh, goes sort of goes through his own photographs to try to prove the existence of this crime. Yeah. This is my this is my favorite. This is my more my favorite version of Blow Up. <laughs> oh yeah, it's better than Blow Up. I, think. For I me, mean, I think Blow Up is great, but I think that this is a more exciting and fun and interesting movie. This doesn't have any mimes playing tennis. For me, I saw it when I was uh, going through my initial movie watching phase, I saw Blow Up first. 
And uh, and that was a movie that a lot of it and continues to this day to be baffling to me or or, or boring or whatever. Um, but like the scenes where he's piecing together the photographs and it's just silence and you and you piece it together yourself. Well, and no, no, nobody tells you anything. You figure out as he figures it all or is deeply satisfying. And then I watched this afterwards and I was like, oh, that's, that's just those great <laughs> scenes, but a whole movie. Yeah. It, it, and I don't have to deal with all that weird mod bullshit. <laughs> and oh, the fucking God. mimes and stuff. Yeah, we're not here to slag off on it's mods. It's so we'll satisfying. Tune into Travis and I's other podcast well, where mean, we slag off on mods. <laughs> there are Slagging many, off on mods. <laughs> there are many, many Brian De Palma set piece sequences, usually with like his roving <laughs> camera going mm-hmm. through things. There. I mean, there are in movies that people think are bad movies that he's made, like Mission to Mars. I think Mission to Mars is fantastic. It has plenty of great Brian De Palma set pieces. But anyway, my point is that this has maybe the greatest Brian De Palma set piece, and it doesn't do any of that stuff. Which set piece is it's that? It's the set piece where he takes his, he takes the photographs out of the magazine because oh, yeah. it turns out there was a photographer there. Uh-huh. Who? Will, uh, who, who <laughs> guess what? It was Dennis Franz. Yeah. Uh, playing a, a guy even sleazier, even sleazier in this than in Dress to Kill. Well, he's but not a cop this time. Th- it's right. He's just a shitty <laughs> private no, there's detective. There's no pretense of him being a good guy. But it, these, these pictures have been published in a magazine. So Travolta takes the pictures, cuts them out meticulously, mounts them on a slide, Sinks basically makes a motion picture out of these photographs and syncs them up with the sound he recorded on the night of the yeah. crime. And you basically get a, you not only get this amazing suspense sequence where he figures out along with you how he's going to prove that this was a murder and not an accident, but you get a crash course in how to put a fucking movie together. It, yeah. show, it shows you how a movie. It is shows made. you how a movie works. That happens earlier on too, when 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 he's uh, editing, when they they edit out all of the sound effects mm-hmm. in the background yeah. of the movie. This whole movie is fascinated with the process of filmmaking in a undeniably joyous sort of way. Yeah, where you just it, it's, it's it feels deeply personal. Seeing this, yeah, because at the beginning of the movie, when they're yelling about the scream, he's like, "All right, take all down, take all the other levels down," and it's just the scream. And it's just Brian De Palma. I mean, it works in the plot, but it's also Brian De Palma going like, "Isn't this fucking awesome?" He's kind of teaching you. Our movie's amazing. He needs to teach you how the movies work in order to teach you how this movie works. Yeah, exactly. But also, I think he just loves movie making. But he just loves it, and you can sense you sense that joy of like I love how cinema works why wouldn't everybody and, and you're like well yeah if it's made I mean if you g- give me a cinema crash course that's this exciting to watch I'll, of course I'm gonna <laughs> want to make movies there's also that great sequence that comes later when when he finds out that the tape has been erased and it's just a single take and the camera keeps spinning mm-hmm. around Travolta's workroom well, all his tapes have been erased. all of his tapes have been erased but he's like putting every single tape he's got on the tape player and mm-hmm. suddenly it's, the place is a mess it's when there's it's, it's like there's no sounds except for the sounds of like dunk or like, yeah, or like magnetic strip tape, like there's different, and it's all different, like, and it's just all over the place. Yeah, it's a, it's a every. Well, like Travis was saying, every scene is a, every scene in this movie is kind of a. a it's amazing how much of this movie is a hundred percent riveting, and like, there's like Kevin was saying earlier on, like the the thing that you can expect from any Brian De Palma movie is what four fucking great scenes. Yeah. So like I'll give like, you four fucking great yeah. scenes. I can't say about the rest. This is just the whole thing, the whole thing wall is great. to wall. It has that Brian De Palma feeling where you're just like, "Good God, I'm being, I'm in the hands of a person who has absolute mastery yeah. of this." But you don't. Feel, I also feel in this one that I don't feel like I'm only being jerked around um, for no. the pleasure of the of the <laughs> of the director. Which right. is, which by the way, I love it's all fine. these all these movies we're going to talk about. Yeah, that's not a, that's I, a feature, not a bug. I here. love, exactly. but I you know you do you do have this thing where you're like. He's just jerking. But this one, I feel like I genuinely like both of the lead characters. I think Nancy Allen, 
and John Travolta are both great. It's got another another great Pino Donaggio score. Mm-hmm. Probably his his best for Brian famously Pollock. recycled and death proof to wonderful and, effect. But I mean, but here it's just that, that they're like the theme, the Sally and Jack theme mm-hmm. is like it's such it's great. a great piece of music. And of course, it's when now when I mean if you if you heard it on its own, you'd be like, oh, that's a pretty piece of music. And then after if you watch it, if you watch this movie, you'll be like, oh, damn it, this is so sad. <laughs> The, well, because, this one also does the thing that De Palma is so good at, which is uh, like pulling suspense out of what he hasn't shown you. Like mm-hmm. the whole the, halfway through the movie, there's a serial killer that shows up in this movie, and there's a whole set piece where the guy kills a hooker, and it's not until after that whole scene is over that you realize, oh no, this is a whole other part of the plot. Because so it's you the, find out who he is, after who he that. is after that, because yeah. he just pulls his and he and he not only kills her, but he. He kills her. He kills her. Ch- strangles her to death, and then stabs stabs the shape of the Liberty Bell into her belly. After looking up at a billboard and mm-hmm. seeing the Liberty yeah. Bell, because it's because it's, Liber- it's Liberty Bell days, and there's going to be a big parade, and the, everybody keeps talking about this throughout the yeah. movie. It's in the background, like it's Liberty, and so he sees a poster for that and goes, "Oh!" and he stabs. I the guess shape I'll of be doing Bell. that. And his whole so it, it's a, a it's whole John it's all a cover up plot. Because he's planning to murder Nancy Allen because she's the witness to the assassination, and so he's going to kill other sex workers who look like her the same way I'm, to make it look like I'm, her murder was part of a serial I'm going kill. to make it seem like it's a series of sex crimes in the area. Yeah. It's an uh, he's calling an audible too cuz it's not part of no, it's, it's not, not part what of he was plan. hired no, to do. No, and he's and he's talking to some other guy and you never really get to see the shadow conspiracy behind it. You never see the uh, star yeah, chamber. They're, they're like cut it out, the, stop doing you it. You never actually yeah. see the star chamber of yeah, people right. that are like hanging out that are his bosses. But the one guy he talks to is like, "What are you doing?" Stop and then he goes, "And he goes, you're no longer just stop it. No, you're no, you're no longer. I don't know you. You're no longer part of this or whatever." And meanwhile, he's still he's still like, "I'm gonna carry out my mission." We never really find out like, we never really know who he's working for or what or why. That, all you know is that there is actually literally this conspiracy to kill this guy, and uh, he was like, he wasn't even supposed to shoot. So it turns out that it wasn't a blowout. It's a he shot the tire. Shot out. the tire out. Yeah. And it was John. It was uh, John Lithgow. And you realize he wasn't even supposed to, to do that. Like he was, they were just supposed. They to They were crash. just trying to blackmail him, yeah. And then he wasn't even supposed to die. Like they were just trying to blackmail him uh, into dropping I mean, out of the with, race. He's with a prostitute. They were trying you know, to okay. Ted Kennedy him, basically. Lithgow's yeah. way out of bounds. Like <laughs> they hired the wrong man. They hired the this wrong one. guy. Burke. Yeah. Burke. Yeah. Uh, he immediately goes <laughs> goes rogue on uh, this mission, but in also a big big way. Also, Dennis Franz's character. Was the one who was hired to take the pictures because yeah. he and he and Nancy Allen's character uh, Sally they have a whole thing where they you know blackmail people they do the they set her up with guy, with you know prominent figures he busts in he takes busts the pictures McLean takes exactly exactly McLean basically and then uh, those people's careers and lives are over right. or whatever you know he or they aren't because they give they him give a him lot money. they give him a lot of money so he's the one who took all the pictures he's selling these pictures to all these papers which leads to John Travolta doing that great scene Matt described where he puts together the film and stuff but uh but yeah but the, so so you know Dennis Franz is down there and then meanwhile Sally who he'd hired to who he'd basically paid like a couple hundred bucks probably yeah. to do this was like I almost died and he's like hey baby don't worry about it yeah. he's such a sleazebag <laughs> and he's even got like the stains on yeah, his white t-shirt and stuff. Oh, it's, it's disgusting like the yeah. fucking it's chef awesome. from you can't do this on television <laughs> it's awesome it's so good he like might as well be belching every other line and shit it's unbelievable and he's in a scummy hotel room though, yeah. every time you yeah, see him so good he's yeah. so great I love I love uh, I love Dennis Franz in this movie he's 
He like was like, can I be? Can I just be as sleazy as possible? And De Palma's like, knock yourself out. My my <laughs> the way I like to think about it too is that Brian De Palma like showed up like, all right, I'm ready to shoot the scene. Let me uh, change shirts here. And De, and De Palma's like, no, no, you can leave that shirt on. So in your in your world, <laughs> he's in, like, whoa, but uh, hey, whoa, McLean. In your I, world, uh, this is what uh, what Dennis Franz is just like. I like yeah. to this think. is the I'm closest. Sure he's to... not, but I like to think of him. I mean, one. I can't dis- I can't dispute it. I and think of him us, fondly as a scumbag. None of us can. Um, He's got the Danny DeVito. I'm a disgusting pig <laughs> shtick. Uh, down pretty, down pretty fat. Um, or flat. Good at it. So meanwhile, while this whole like pl- uh, political thriller plot is sort of boiling in the background, there's like a really kind of a sweet scene that leads to a tragic flashback scene where uh, where John Travolta and uh, and Nancy Ellen are like becoming kind of they kind of like each other they're two young kids and they like he saved her he's like hey can i take you out for a drink at least i mean you know it's at least yeah. it's least you can do for they've me got a lot of chemistry together too and yeah. they're really good yeah and again that was second time that they'd been uh, uh paired up in a depaul movie because they're the they're, they're both in right. bad guys and, they're bad guys in carry they yeah. get they, they end a, they end in a similarly <laughs> they don't uh, they make it through carry but it's a lot less tragic in carry it's less cr- tragic in carry you want to see them <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and carry. But in this, there's a whole scene where they're sitting down. And she's talking about how she's she doesn't want it. She, this she wants to do job. makeup. She wants to do makeup, and he's he's asking her about that. And they're kind. Of, it's a, just a very it's a very like cute like date scene. And then she asks him, "Why do you do sound for movies for these bad movies?" And he's like, well, "Oh, jeez, it's a long story. Can't, it's a long story." So he, he, so he she's begs him, and he tells her the story of when he, which was. is another highly technical mm-hmm. story about. Recording sound and, and equipment. And By the, the way, the scene was written right, I was gonna for say. Prince of the City, which De Palma was supposed to do, the Treat Williams cop movie. Oh, De Palma yeah. dropped out of it, but he kept. He said, "I'm going to use that scene anyway." But yeah. this scene is the same shit from Conversation. Uh, it's it's like that. And doesn't Gene Hackman have a similar like? It's I don't exactly do the this same again as because in, I tried this another time. It's and, exactly the same as the one in Prince of the City, where the guy sweats too much and the shorts out the pack. Oh, the sweat, and, yeah, yeah. And then shorts out the the microphone pack, right. and then the bad the mob guys find the wire and kill the guy. Right. Walks in on a guy that's been hung in the bathroom. It's yep. really fucked up. Yeah, and so he's telling this 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 very cute lady that he just met this tragic tragic backstory. Fuck. And this is why and this is why he does like you know now he just was like whatever I can do I know sound but he's like I'm working in the safe confines of of B movies yeah. essentially yeah. like I don't want to I don't want to have to be in a situation where my technical know-how is putting anybody in yeah. danger and, and ever also again. like the violence and the tragedy that is seen in his real life he's it's he's safe from it inside the movies now exactly mm-hmm. which is yeah. why the ending is doubly tragic well we're, we're gonna get to that then i guess we so <sighs> the, all the plot threads are sort of coming together he's had all this tapes erased he still has the film he still has right. the film he made and he's gonna sell it to this uh, local newspaperman or this local uh, tv sorry, guy local tv guy and he's yeah. gonna go on on TV and say, this is what I saw. Here's the film I made from. Here's the sound I got. We got to expose this. This is the right thing to do. But, <laughs> but, but he also has a ridiculous plan of, cause he wants to meet Sally. The, the uh, journalist wants to meet Sally. Right. And so she's going to give him the film. Um, but John Travolta is like, I don't trust anybody after what happened last time when I wired some guy and he <laughs> sweated and then got hanged. I'm going to wire you. Yeah. <laughs> So that we can tell that this is the real deal, and if something's going, if something's fishy, I'm gonna, I, I'll be listening, and I'll be like, no, no dice, and I'll come in and stop it, stop anything bad from happening. He's gonna, he's essentially doing, he's 
st- trying to do the same thing. He's trying to, but he's trying to save. It's a bit. It's, it's a bit of, it's a, bit of a, a vertigo homage. It's a better. Yeah, oh yeah, a touch of evil too in the way that the scene actually plays out. Yeah. as well, where he's like following her as she's talking to Lithgow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lithgow is conning is ahead of the game the whole way. He's like, Mike. He's miking everyone right back. And uh, he's, he's, and he's, he's following along the whole thing. Yeah. And, and he bugs he bugs he Travolta's bugs phone. Offices and stuff, and yeah. then he turns his phone off so Nancy Allen can't contact him. And then he poses as the uh, reporter. He's like, oh, I'll take that. Just come walk with me. Yeah. And, uh, and then a long, long this scene amazing scene. And this is right after a scene where he... Uh, murder another, another, another prostitute. prostitute. Oh yeah, a whole scene where uh, yeah, she she. I think blo- I've got about five sailor. minutes and uh, ten dollars and. Yeah, you got uh, a whole sex negotiation. Have, uh, yeah. Too bad you don't have that's twenty great. minutes and twenty dollars. Too bad you don't have about third forty minutes and forty dollars. And that scene where the two people negotiate a sex act, riveting. <laughs> it's fucking riveting. Well, because because then meanwhile, because you know it's. Yeah, because yeah, Lithgow's there the whole time, and you're wondering how it's going to play yeah. into it. Meanwhile, he's in the background or the foreground or wh- mm-hmm. whoever you want to say it the whole time, going, you know, like, oh, no, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. So he murders this prostitute. Then Nancy Allen comes and meets him at this train station. Then there's this whole scene where he's taking her down. He's and con- he's constantly like trying to find an it's inn where he can It's uh, Bicentennial, too, by the way. Bicentennial. Was it Bicentennial? Yeah, it's a Bicentennial. Of, okay. 1976. Well, that movie movie's from 1981. Yeah, but it takes place... Doesn't it take it's place period, the bicentennial. It's totally the bicentennial, so. or maybe it's no, the, no, maybe it's, it's no, the it's bicentennial no, it's, of the Liberty Bell. It's Liberty Bell Day. Which oh, maybe that's, Liberty Bell Day. That's what they're calling. And it. maybe whatever the Liberty Bell did happened five years after. Yeah, yeah. I can <laughs> tell you. Yeah, I don't know. I can. Yeah, oh, for years I thought it was the bicentennial. Oh well. No, I know. So well, no, I can. I can tell you for a fact it's not the bicentennial because in the parade. Uh, I took a screenshot of it, so and I'll be and I'll be sharing this on our on our website and Facebook <laughs> and stuff. If you watch the parade, there's like a bunch of stupid people in in uh, you know USA red, white, and blue clothes. In the one of the corner here, there's a dude who's putting on a real creepy looking C three PO costume. <laughs> oh, what? Wow! <laughs> and it says "Make America Great Again." <laughs> it's like real weird. It looks Don't brown. Tread on me. It's a it's a real gross C three PO costume. Oh. Anyway, so uh, he's trying to he's trying to find a way to murder her constantly. He's constantly going like, oh, maybe I'll murder you here. Oh, there's a guy around the corner in this subway tunnel. Okay, well let's go this way. And John Travolta's listening the whole time, going like, that's away, yeah. that's not that's not the guy. That's not right. We and he's trying. He to, can't do anything. He can't about do it. anything. He's trying to get to her. No cell phones. Uh, then and then so that leads into this uh, this car this car chase. It's not really a car chase. It's more of a him just driving, just driving. his car through Philadelphia, through Philadelphia, through pace. this parade, just like in filled, Jade, filled yeah. with yes, but filled with incredible stunts too, where people yeah. are diving out of the way, and you're like, "Good God, that really looked dangerous." And this was a scene he's driving really fast. <laughs> this is a scene that for years I wasn't was like one of the few scenes in this movie I wasn't crazy about, and now I watch it, I'm like, "This is great." Yeah, <laughs> I like yeah. nothing I'm not crazy about in this movie. It's I like, I, I think it's good, and he and it ends up because it, it all is leading up to him. <laughs> him trying he's trying to catch and it's just and then he crashes the car and he's out cold and you're like well oh, fucking hell it's bad. and she's stuck with and then she's stuck with this killer and you're like what who then like at this point gets nighttime and they get to this, this they're at, you know by the by the water tons of people out up on a festi- roof or something festival well this is before that he gives she gives him the the tape the the film and he just chucks it in the and he just chucks it in the water and you're like Fuck. And she knows and that's when she up. she didn't know anything was up until then because there's no reason for her to have not believed this, yeah. this was the guy uh <sighs> so he's so then he's taking her up to this roof and she's he's listening and then john travolta comes too and he's still got his listening equipment he's like chasing after her probably has a concussion or something too <laughs> he's chasing after where she is and uh well I don't know someone else can describe well, it. It's the too ending. late. He kills her. It's too, oh god. But it, but it's like 
it's like the maximum level of, of beauty and kind of like technical skill brought to the scene and also the maximum level of tragedy. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's unbelievably that great, that great fucked up. 360 shot of him cradling her body Incredible. when the fireworks go off. Well, he gets there right in time and he kills he yeah, kills he, her. He like pulls up on. Yeah, he pulls up. He gets on, her just uh, just short of right in time. Lithgow yeah. and like and makes Lithgow stab himself with yeah. his own whatever he's stabbing her with. Yeah. And then pick. he looks it's down. It's an ice and she's pick that he stole from a fish market earlier in the sure. movie. And he look. <laughs> and then he looks down at Nancy Allen. She's had her fucking throat cut. She's dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it gets. War- I mean, that is so bad. And then so he's cradling her body. One of the most beautiful shots you'll ever see. It's got that very great Michael score. Bay. Yeah. Or, or Michael Bay is very De Palma, but where it's like <laughs> from low angle shot, yeah. fireworks in the background, spinning around them. It, it's incredible. Yeah. Packs a real emotional punch, and then it gets worse. Well, then, yeah, because it has one of the great hard cuts. Then it cuts, to, the... then it cuts to him listening to the tape, and it's snowing, and he's on this bench, and then... He's miserable. He misses Sally. He listens to the scream. Cut to... The scream cut to the, the movie. The movie from the beginning of the from movie. The beginning of the movie. And he puts Nancy Allen's scream... Well, into the shower she screams scene. and he goes, and then the guy, the guy's just going, it's a, the, the producer's elated. He's like, oh my God, this is so great. That's a great scream. Where'd you find the scream? And the kind of camera kind of pulls out and his John Travolta just sweaty, looking, <laughs> looking like, destroyed. looking like yeah. hell. He just, is fucking he's done. done. He's also, done. And also before that, there was a new, there's like, goes, some, yeah, it's a great scream. There was it's a great. news, there was the a, end. at some point there was a news report in there too, where it's like saying that, uh, the killer was stopped but not before killing one last person and it says that she stopped she him, stopped so, him so it's to be assumed that john travolta like left the scene like maybe called someone and said this i this happened but yeah. like he didn't yeah he like didn't uh and the conspiracy never got busted the conspiracy never got busted because like yeah and so he's so all he has left of this thing is this girl's scream and he just goes it's a good scream <laughs> it's a good scream, and then the movie so, and the movie ends, oh, and the it's movie ends. Fucking brutal. It's so harsh, and and it's it's one of those perfect things like that too, because you you genuinely like those people. You don't want her to get killed. Nope. Like, and I'm not saying that you should ever want characters in a movie to get killed, but like often you watch movies and you go like, man, when are they going to kill this later? Or this person is yeah, doomed. Like, so when are they going to kill this guy? <laughs> he just won't die. Yeah, Nancy Allen's such a nice, such a nice lady. She's trying to, you know, do better with her life and kind of get past this bad stuff or the sleazy stuff that she was doing. Nope. And then she just gets brutally murdered. Yeah. And then, and then he has to relive a, a tragic moment from his past, even worse now this time, because yep. he has an emotional investment in it. And this time he and thought... And so just every time this guy tries to do something good or right, he just gets fucking snapped back by the cosmos? And this time he thought, like, that he... You know, this was him doing this to as a safety precaution. He was like, no, we're going to do this because of the other thing. It was essentially he was setting this whole wire situation up for her because of the thing yeah. that happened before, which then ultimately leads to him having to just listen to her die over and over again. <sighs> Fucking wrecked me. And, and, I, and I, so I was watching this movie. Uh, this is probably only the third time I've seen this movie. And while I'm watching it the whole time, I'm going like, and, and, and three times is a lot for some people, but I, yeah. if, if I really like a movie, I'll watch it. 15, 20 times. Right. And I'm watching it the whole time, enjoying it so much, and I'm going like, why have I only watched it? Why is this only the third time I've seen it? And then the ending came, and I was like, oh, because it wrecked me. I was devastated. And yeah. I know, I yeah, knew you, how it ended. You but just us like afterwards. It, it packs such an emotional punch. It's fe- you feel bad afterwards. It's yeah. very effective. No, it's, um, I don't know. That's one of the biggest, one of the biggest cinematic bummers ever. <laughs> it really is. When I was young, when I first encountered this movie as a kid, I hated it for that reason. 
Oh, really? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, well, I went th- when I when I first encountered De Palma when I was like I don't know twelve or thirteen. I didn't like it. Yeah, I thought it was like too flashy. I thought it was you know I was a stupid kid. Whatever. You I'm, thought Blowout was too flashy. All of it. I hated De Palma. Yeah. I just hated his movies. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because you were like cutting off because that was like that's how that's how people are taught to enjoy movies. I think or they kind of you go through that period. Everybody does, or some people get stuck there where it's like if you're doing if it's too cinematic, then if it's you're not pandering too much, or then it's not a movie. It's, it's not yeah. supposed to be flash for its own sake, right? Or yeah, and you're kind of like well, story is supposed to be the most important. Yeah, thing. Yeah, that's a bunch of bullshit. I was wrong. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean particularly with Blowout. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I do think that some, you know, I don't some some Brian De Palma movies I genuinely just like because of the Flash, mm-hmm. but Blood I love every second of. There's even the part where he it like re, it does that thing like I was saying his movies are echo chambers of themselves, and literally in this one because he he's a sound guy and he records it and then he's listening to the sounds again even before he puts it together into the film he's listening to it and it's like a split shot of him in the foreground li- listening to it and then like the. The the we didn't see the first time, but he's recording like a frog, and it's a close up of oh, extreme close up of a frog. With the frog, and then like the, yeah, and so it's him recording the sound, and it's and so you're it's literally an echo. Cha- is this when like he's redoing it with the pencil? Yeah, he's redoing in, it with in the, the pencil, yeah, yeah. the microphone. One of the best scenes in and the whole he's movie. He's like pointing around and going like here, and then that's when he's listening to it, and he hears the bang yeah, before that's when the he blowout. Sings, like syncs up all the and he syncs up all, and then but then he so and then he gets then later he gets the pictures, but it keeps doing that. It keeps going back to that, and uh, it's hard to explain how fa- satisfying those scenes are. It, they're, they're well, you just, can. I mean, that's why it's cinema. just like it's a pure dr- cinema. Like, yeah, it's pure. I guess so. It's but it feels like you're on a like you're being given a drug or something because you're just it, it's just pleasurable to see something that immaculately done that's also like letting you that's not telling you what's happening. No, it's yeah. showing you, and you get to figure it out yourself. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to. It's very hard to explain. But I was just buzzing watching these scenes. <laughs> yeah, and then there's another scene where the camera just keeps spinning around, and this yeah, is a very. That's when he finds yeah, all, yeah, he finds all the tapes have been erased, have been erased yeah. and it's and you're just like, good God, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it's and just I mean, the top, this is like really and the whole movie, stuff. the whole movie's like that. And I, uh, and I remember the first time I watched it, I was taking a film class at the time, so I would have been in college. The and uh, the teacher we went to school and the next you know, Monday. I was at school, and the teacher was like, "What movies did you guys watch this weekend?" You know, kind of thing. And uh, I was like, everybody was like, "Whatever movie was out that weekend, <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> what it was." But I was like, "I watched, I watched Blowout." I watched the Thirteenth Floor. I was like, "I watched Blowout," and he was like, "Oh, Blowout!" And he got really excited. And we, and so then it was just me and this teacher discussing the how awesome the opening of Blowout <laughs> of a Blowout was, <laughs> and with the rest of the class being like, like couldn't care. It was a community college film class, too, so these people couldn't even they couldn't give a shit about movies, probably. But they were like. They were just like, oh, great, we're listening to this fucking nerd and this teacher talk about the op- Because it was just like, because he, he was like, oh, the opening of Blood, isn't that just brilliant how it's the one movie? I'm like, I know, it totally fooled me. Because <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know anything about Blowout when I watched it. You know, I knew it was De Palma, but I didn't like, yeah, I hadn't Blood. read a review yeah, going so like, stupid. that said like, you know, it's not really the first scene in the movie and then Nancy Ellen dies or anything. I was just, I'd, so, uh, uh, yeah. I got a, I got a couple quotes here. This isn't a particularly sleazy movie. Um, no, but, uh, this was, this was a Dennis France line, uh, that I thought was particularly funny. It also <laughs> kind of tells you around the time that it was made. He's like, this is when Travolta's trying to tell him about the, what he thinks is a conspiracy going on or something like that. And John Travolta's like, yeah, they, they did this. And Francis is like, hey, McLean, who's they? You think, it's a co- you think it's a communist conspiracy of some kind? Or maybe it's a couple of Ayatollahs running around here in the street with blowguns. Yeah. What's a blowgun? Is he talking to Nancy Allen about He's talking that? to McLean. Who's McLean? <laughs> Everybody's, McLean. Everybody's McLean. I'm Everybody's sorry, McLean. Everybody's McLean when Dennis Francis is talking right, to him. I forgot. 
<laughs> and then at one point, John Travolta is like, "You got nice tits. How much were they? How much were they paying you to flash them for McBrien?" Yeah, uh, not a nice thing he said. Not a very nice thing. He's a, he's a bit of a jerk in their short relationship. Yeah, he can be mean. He can be mean to Sally. But he they feels also bad about they also later. are very cute together. And then at one point, uh, I think Travolta says, I don't remember who says this, but someone says, one more sound and you're dead. And you're like, that could be, was that the tagline on the poster? Because that's like what the whole movie's about, bro. What? It's what it's about, bro. So great. It's about sound. So great. Oh, and one, and also. Sounds pretty good. Whoa. Also, uh, I, there's not, one other thing I took a screenshot of uh, that uh, in Sally's room when she's talking to the, the TV reporter, I think it's when she's talking to the, I can't remember. She's talking to someone on the phone. It's the TV reporter or John Lithgow, one of them. And uh, in the in the background, at least this pillow is like this embroidered pillow of of Bruce Springsteen. Oh wow! <laughs> Wait, that's not from Dress to Kill in her apartment. No, it's in Blowout, it's a blowout? in her apartment. What? It's yeah, it's great. So anyway, everybody look forward to these two. Uh, I've got to see this creepy C three PO parade guy, <laughs> and uh, I want I want that pillow. If anybody's listening and knows who has that pillow. Mail it. Mail it to Kevin. Steal mail it, it and Kevin. mail it to me. Steal it and mail it. Yeah. Uh, okay, I give ratings. this movie five everything, five good screams. You can't give it five everything. I can and do. You're giving it five Douglases? I'm yep. not giving it five Douglases. Why? Because I want to. Uh, I just think it's that good. I want everybody to watch it. I don't care what they think. Okay. Well, no, fair. I just, but I mean, the whole point of this, Douglases is how Douglas gross it is. have nothing to do with the Made me feel awful at the end. <laughs> Sleaze isn't supposed to make you necessarily feel <laughs> awful, unless that's what your thing is. Yeah, hey, which I wouldn't surprise me. You want no, me to give it zero Douglases then? It's not zero either because that. Op- I mean, I'm well. Then it- which am I giving it then? I'm obviously giving it. I'll go first. What's your? <laughs> I'm obviously giving it five Juds. I, I think this is one of the best movies ever. Yeah. This is if if we do a better movie than this on the podcast, I think we're doing it wrong. Yeah. Well, Honestly, that might be true. Yeah. Like Probably. what the fuck movie <laughs> yeah. that we would do on this podcast? This is. We could do Showgirls. Ah. Uh, Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I'm going to give it two Douglases because uh, he gets some of his sleazy rocks off in the opening scene. There's a like a lady, uh, lady playing with herself, and there's some boobs and stuff. And, and you can see it's Brian De Palma trying to exercise some of that stuff and get it out of the way. Yeah. Like, I got to get some of this This in is here. pretty classy compared to the movie he'd made before, though, which is it's pretty tame compared to, like, Dress to Kill. Yeah, which especially, is, and then Body Double comes next. Which is, so. yeah. And then I'm going to give it and then I'm gonna give it fucking 100 broken hearts because this fucking movie is <laughs> devastating and hurt, and hurt my feelings. Okay, again. what was yours again? I gave it five good screams. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna give it uh, two and a half Douglases because friends and they're, they're oh, like friends, yeah. the the prostitute murders are like but they're not particularly it's just like they're not particularly like um to I don't know it's not it's not like real gross it's not like slimy dripping off th- th- that's the next movie. That's the next movie, but yeah, know, we did we did have a talk a minute ago about how the, and, the uh, discussion of how much this sex act is going to cost was riveting. <laughs> <laughs> that is a pretty sleazy scene, and it has this, it has you know it has Lithgow like looking at the hooker like doing a little thumb in the yeah. t- tongue in the mouth like blowjob sign. It's got a sailor it's, busting think, too soon. I think mm. that's why I'll give it two. I think I'll give it two and a half. Comes in her mouth. I'm gonna up it to yeah. I'm gonna. I'm just saying. But don't say it. Well, uh, I'm you were the guys who were telling me that wasn't that sleazy. I'm editing that out. I'm sticking with that. I'm gonna. Raise it to two and a half. Yeah, I think it's about two because it's it like has that stuff. But that scene where they're negotiating like a sex act is really is also very horny. It's funny too. (laughs) Turn that turned me Uh, turned me on to beat the band. I'm gonna give it uh, five uh, five embroidered Springsteen pillows. Nice, Mm. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Oh, and five Juds because it's uh, one of the best movies. Because it's one of the best movies. It's one of the best movies ever. So of course, 
it's one of the best uh, thrillers ever. So that's blowout. That's uh, yeah, I agree with Trevor. <laughs> if we ever, if we if we do run across a better movie, I mean, it's gonna have to be something like if we Double if we talk about Blood yeah. Simple or something like that. Oh, if we do like you know what I mean. But still, I don't like know. otherwise, I'm like I don't know what it would be. Especially not, and I will never find one that's gonna that's gonna be as heartbreaking as this. And that was what I was I I was talking about. Like he. He gets accused of ripping off Hitchcock a lot, which he does, but he's more like riffing on Hitchcock and he's taking those things and going with yeah. it. Hitchcock never in his whole career of however many movies he made made a movie where I was where I watched it and was like fucking devastated by what happened in the ending. The ending of Vertigo is like, man, that's a bummer. But that's how I I felt that's how I what I say when I watch the ending of Vertigo, I go like, jeez, oh, he really drove that poor lady to do that or whatever i don't go like fuck my heart is broken and everything's sad now (laughs) yeah like this movie did i don't know so you know hitchcock is great and he's a technical master and stuff but but uh he never made he never made a movie that where i gave a shit as much as when i watched blowout so for that uh i fuck you hitchcock (laughs) hitchcock sucks and no no Jeez. Slagging on Hitchcock now. No, I'm into it. He thought he was watching her, but she was watching him. He thought he was trespassing, but he was invited. gone too far. He couldn't stop. He saw exactly what she wanted him to see. Okay, um, <laughs> so our final movie for the day yeah. is Body Double. And I, I watched this about uh, a week before we even started doing this podcast, so I don't have any notes for it. Okay. Uh, although I'm sure there's plenty of wonderfully sleazy lines in it. Yeah. Uh, this movie is, sleaze, <laughs> is sleazy as all hell. Uh, Holy it's, shit, this, this movie. This movie is like sleaze... Uh, uh, Personified? Yes. <laughs> like It's like him... This is one of the movies that it took me the longest to come around on. I'm, I'm still I'm, not I, quite sure I'm there, but I've I liked it more. I've got to the point where I adore it. I'm but, up yeah. and down on it still. I still it's like one of those where I watch it. I've watched this movie quite a few times a and I watch it and go like I don't like this movie very much. <laughs> I watch it again and go, This movie is brilliant. I watch it again and go, eh, okay, this part's brilliant. You know, so it's sort of I'm still like torn. Sometimes I'm like, This is so dumb and then other times I'm like, That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I think I think and it's, it's I think movie. it's both. It's both at the same time. It, it is it is so dumb but also very cool. <laughs> It's super dumb. I mean, but it, but it, it begins in a similar way yeah. to uh, all these other ones in a in a faint, in a thing that isn't actually happening. And and this is very similar uh, uh, to Blowout, where it's a a guy a vampire movie. Am I? This is how it begins. Yeah, it starts right? out the with the main movie. characters. He's mm-hmm. in a vampire movie, and they're burying. It's a him. shower. No, it's not a shower scene. It ends with a shower. It scene. ends with the shower, shower scene. scene. He's getting buried in a coffin, and he has like a psychosomatic claustrophobic attack. Cut, you know, Dennis Franz is the director. Dennis Franz, I forgot. And, and he fires Jesus. the guy. He fires the, the, the lead actor. McClane. Craig McLean. Craig Wasson, who looks exactly like Bill Maher. Yes. Well, he doesn't fire him in that scene. He's just like, go on and go home and take a break. He gets fired later off. It's like a situation where this keeps getting worse for this guy. Can I just say before Craig we get Wasson's into it? And Jake nothing. Scully, by the way, same as the guy in Avatar. Jake same name. Jake Scully. It oh, is the same name as the guy in Avatar. Wow. <laughs> so later, this character, after this ordeal, he goes into outer space and becomes a blue <laughs> six-foot-tall cat man. 
They suck your eyeballs out for juju bees. I, I do I do want to say it, and I don't even think he's that bad in this. But a big flaw in this movie is the the lead. Yeah. Well, who, he's who, supposed who, to be kind of a milk toast yeah. wiener. Yeah, well, I, I think the performance is probably fine. It's just he's kind of a nobody actor, and uh, I remember thinking at the time, which and, and this isn't fair, but like it's a movie. It should have a movie star. I feel uh, that in, it in is a, uh, deliberate. Much in the way that, like, say, the casting the teen morons in Starship Troopers is deliberate. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm fall somewhere between because I think I get that that's kind of what they're doing. You but just also, don't like it. Also, I just don't like him. I feel uh-huh. like could they have found another everyman? Because Hitchcock, again, to bring Hitchcock up, he would cast like Jimmy Stewart as that everyman, and Jimmy Stewart would be sort of that kind of plain like every man following people around and you but you but it's still Jimmy Stewart well, you're like, still this you wanna, so you so you want to watch it Jesus whereas uh, where, yeah exactly where you watch Craig Wasson I'm like I don't know how much I <laughs> Craig Wasson yeah that's his name come on it uh, sounds he sounds like a wiener name yeah, yeah it's it sucks <laughs> Craig Wasson oh, but Craig Wasson <laughs> 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 <Body> devil <laughs> I'm afraid of confined I'm, I'm afraid of being buried alive in a coffin <laughs> who's afraid yeah. of that really come on Fuck you, Craig Watson. So, yeah, so instead of being afraid of high places, he's afraid of uh, enclosed spaces. Yeah, he's to, claustrophobic. To rip off the, to, get, to get right to what stuff This is This is from. even more overtly a vertigo oh, yeah. riff, this whole movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Rear Window. Yes, definitely <laughs> Rear Window. Yeah. Um, so he's a struggling actor trying to make it in Hollywood. Named Jake Scully. Named he, Jake he, Scully. His girlfriend's cheating on him. He gets kicked out of his apartment. He loses well, he, his he, job. He walks into his house, and his he's like, oh, he's elated. He's like... On top of the world, it's this very weirdly sunnily shot scene where he drives home and he's like, he's in a good. He's mood. essentially like, honey, he I'm shouldn't home. be in a good mood. He, he sees failed. the dog and he's no. like, Shh. and he's like, gonna see, he hears some sounds. He like, hears What's his, going he on? hears his girlfriend getting fucked, but he doesn't. And he's know like, that. ah, what you doing, honey? And she's like, uh, uh, he doesn't fuck know me, until he opens he's like, the door. Hmm, I don't know, maybe she's watching TV or something. He Goddamn, like, so wife's he looks got in there and he sees her. He sees her fucking some guy, and she just very looks at her. He looks, she looks at him. He looks at her, and it's like. Whoops. And then he like just leaves. He, it, he doesn't do anything, and she's like, "It's a sin- yeah, basically." That it's her scene place. In, it's doesn't it, that, doesn't that it, scene it cut Nights. from that to the hot dog stand? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a great joke. It just cuts from <laughs> and just it's your first taste of just how kind of like graphic and sleazy this movie is because like he like walks in and it's just like a full on naked naked lady riding a guy. Yeah. You're like, yeah. damn. All right. <laughs> anyway, Brian De Palma. So he loses his job. He yep. loses his wife or his girlfriend. Yep. He loses his place. He's and a country music song. He goes, yeah. <laughs> he goes to like his acting class or whatever, and he and he runs into his buddy Greg Henry. He's not his buddy. It's a just. That's oh, right. It's just it's some just guy. Some guy. Did you meet him at the bar? Or did you meet him at the acting class? He meets him at the acting class. First. And he's like his friend introduces him to him. The guy he's sees like, oh, hey, him being he claustrophobic him. in acting class, and he does a close up of him kind of going like thinking. Right. Like, maybe this is the guy for me. See, well, but we don't know that then. Right. But there is a a, a portentous close up. They see him, and then he meets him in a bar, and he comes in, and he's like. I got a place I don't you have can a crash. Place. Like I got this place you can crash. In. You know it's, Troy uh, McClure. Troy <laughs> yes. that's, that's where Troy, Troy McClure lives. Yeah, <laughs> it's Troy McClure's house from The Simpsons. Uh, what's the place? What's it actually? The Stratosphere. The I forget uh, what the name of the place is. Fuck, we can look it up. One of us should have looked it up. I'll look it up. It's a famous building in L.A. that is uh, Troy McClure and The Simpsons house was was modeled after. But it's like basically it looks like, like the this, Space Needle. Yeah, yeah, it's essentially like this big round 
the, the you know, chemosphere. The chemosphere yeah. on a stick. Gotta take this weird uh, John Lautner. This yeah. weird escalator thing to get to it and yeah. stuff. It's a very cool looking it's place. It's super cool. It's uh, you know, it's a perfect place for like uh, something in a movie to take place. But he's yeah. Greg Henry goes, Oh well my it's my buddy's place, but and I'm supposed to watch it, but I gotta I gotta go to this Shakespeare revival in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I gotta go to Seattle, which is where we are, guys. Hey. I gotta go to Seattle. What? And so can you can watch it. You seem like a you seem like a real load. And let so me why tell you, you why don't you just sort of load around here for a while, you wad. And P.S. If you look through this <laughs> telescope every night, yeah. the chick who lives in that house over there does a sexy striptease every night. As a matter of fact, get a load of it. It's check happening. it out. It's happening right now. And let me check my watch beep, now. Beep, beep. And a lady comes out, and he's he's looking through the telescope at a, a lady across the way. Brunette lady with bl- long, long, long brunette hair. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's just a straight up sexy dance. She takes her clothes off and starts masturbating in front of the window. Because it's fucking body double, yep. and that's what kind of movie we're talking about here. So it goes on and on. It's and the music is really good here. Is the music yeah. in this one? Isn't it, it Pino? I uh, or is it? Uh, it may be, but anyway, I wasn't sure. Uh, but uh, but yeah, and it's great. This it's is got probably this great three score. minutes I, of this woman naked dancing. Or is it Marauder? It's Marauder, isn't it? No. I honestly don't remember. Well, let's look it I up. Should've, Gershwin. I should have written more notes. It's probably Gershwin. We should have taken more notes, but I get sucked in when I watch Ira these movies. Ira or George? <laughs> Both. They teamed up on this one. Good for them. Yeah. Um, it is Pino. Uh, so, uh, oh, yeah, I love a glass of Pino. Yeah. It's a great It's a great score by a glass of Pino. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, he's, so he watches this lady. Um, then... then then he's just he starts he kind of becomes obsessed with her because he's a because he's like a diploma hero so he's a bit of a he's creep. a bit of a perv and it's also like especially like it's a riff on both Rear Window and Vertigo because mm-hmm. sort of that's well the but, Vertigo stuff comes a little later but essentially that's like his his deal in Vertigo is that he's also a bit of a bit of a, a creep. creep well he's and, more than a bit of a creep in that movie. and he like and so he's like fo- so he's like following this lady around but it turns out that this lady has like. An abusive boyfriend. Oh or right, something. the abusive boy. No, this abusive boyfriend comes and hits her around, and then he starts following her. Right, and then he sees this uh, this guy who they call the they in- call the Indian the Indian because he and res- spoiler alert, it is fucking clearly Greg Henry in makeup. <laughs> so like, even the first time I saw this movie, I was like, well, he's being conned. Uh-huh. So you know, I don't want to say that I think that the movie doesn't work because I, I adore this movie, but. Some people are already going to know what's going on yeah. pretty early, that they're being like just totally gaslit. And it's the sort of thing that feels like, because a lot of times in, in, in a movie when you feel like you've, you know what's going on in the plot, it's like, well, if that was happening in real life, do you, you don't know that real life right. is like the plot of a movie. But if someone was like, look through this telescope at right, this right, right. hour, and then you the second time you look through it, some crime stuff starts happening, you'd be like, <laughs> wait a fucking minute. Okay, but all that said... I think that that's kind of the point because of where this movie winds up. Yeah, I you're don't really definitely. Care. I think you're kind of being encouraged to go. Well, I know that this is a con. What am I look like now? What am I looking for? Yeah, it's it's sort of like the how, not the what. Yeah, and again with De Palma, who really cares? Yeah, because it's again. Let's get to those four fucking set pieces. And that's the let's whole. Get to those four great scenes. That's the whole thing. And this yeah. movie, the, ha- and this movie the, has them. The the next one is the incredible scene where he follows her through the mall that yeah the highlight and there's the scene where, where he's he like, stalking her and also the the yeah. indian yeah is stalking. he's halfway stalking and her he gets halfway weirdly, kind he of gets weirdly to, busted at the weirdly, lingerie he's weird, store he's weirdly he trying sure to he's weirdly trying to he's kind of protecting protect her, her and also stalking her because yeah. he does take some of her he does take her panties out of the yeah. garbage yep like right in front of her too. She's like four feet away and he's like let me just i'll just take these panties you threw away and put them in my pocket because uh, hey yeah. man 
It's a free country. <laughs> if this was hey, a star chamber, that guy would get away with it. I'm sorry. I, sorry to kink shame people who stalk women and steal their underwear. Again, it has a. It does have. You're to go, not to go, but to go back to the guy, it'd be clearly Greg Henry. This is the same. in Dress to Kill. It's like the the it's the uh, economy of characters or whatever, yeah. where it's like, well, who could who could who the could killer it be? be? It's got to be someone who is in the movie. We already. haven't been introduced to anyone um, else. Yeah. So, but like, but like, I think he disguises a. Uh, Michael Caine better, better. In, yeah. on repeat viewings it's pretty obvious. clearly a man but it surprised, surprised me the first time but, but sometimes dress, it's heel. also the lady who's a cop ridiculous. so like some you know, and you don't know which character exactly. is which but so in that, this, it, the illusion is a little bit more successful in this one it's like just a guy in makeup and in probably makeup. Greg Henry or or it was like I mean the first time I watched it I'm like well it's clearly him in makeup too but he also like or maybe it's Greg Henry in makeup playing another character. Right. You know, it's a De Palma movie, so, so who's, I didn't yeah, exactly. know what was going to happen. I didn't know that it wasn't going to. This is also Greg Henry, and then there'd be a scene later where there's two Greg Henrys, and you're like, oh, it wasn't the yeah. same guy. It's he the wasn't how and the why, not the what. It's, exactly. But as far as the mall stalking scene is concerned, that makeup that Greg Henry wears is effective because he's fucking scary looking. Yeah, yeah. He scary. he's very scary looking. He seems like a monster. Yeah. And there's like all there's like then he goes from the mall to the to the apartment building on the beach, mm-hmm. where is that yeah. like great? It's like all the steps from the top floor of the building go all the way down to the beach and then through the tunnel where he gets claustrophobic mm-hmm. and he encounters the Indian again. <laughs> oh man, that whole scene is so good. And then he kind of and then he kind of saves her and then the Indian ends up taking something out of her. We're calling him the Indian because that's, that's what they what call he's him called in the, the movie. That's what they call Sorry, him in the movie. We're not like uh, yeah. so we're not. Yeah, His name in the credits is the Indian. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, and then so he gets so the the Indian gets away and then he like he's like I saved you after he stops freaking out in the in the tunnel ends up starts making out with her <laughs> and you're like oh oh. Okay, and, and it's uh, another great three sixty like sweeping shot, spinning yeah. shot. Also, yeah. that scene where he's chasing them through the tunnel is great because he becomes he gets his claustrophobia and it does that like you yeah. know the pull and the, and there's just a white tunnel at the other end. It's like not you don't even see yeah. what's there in the back. You know, it's so it's like just gorgeous. Yeah, it's classic. <laughs> it's just and it's like and it's these long and it's a long wordless scene. A lot like the this scene from Dress to Kill with the uh, at the museum and stuff. It's no there's no dialogue except for the cop <laughs> except for the sitting mall security going like Do you have a problem? Here <laughs> and him, him not noticing that he's been creepily perving on this at this uh, lingerie store yeah. in the mall. I mean, that's what I do when I see one of those stores. I don't know what the big deal is. I need your body, I need baby. Your body, baby. Uh, so, anyways, uh, I can't quite remember what happens well, then, between him well, saving it, her and then her getting drilled. Uh, they, that's it's like it's pretty it's, much it's pretty, pretty much, much right afterwards. It's pretty much next. Yeah, he he's, sees her get murdered. Yeah. By the Indian. Well, is it by the Indian? Uh-huh. Uh, in her be. in her house, like, you know, he's looking, well, he's she's, looking at her through a telescope. He's he's watching before, and the Indian is there robbing the place. Robbing, right. he's got that's this right. safe, because she would do this dance and then put these jewels in this safe. So it was a whole thing where it's a setup, so he knows about the safe. Oh, the jewels, the jewels in the safe. It's Man. like in Femme Patel. <laughs> it is, actually. And and the Indian's kind of, like, skulking around in the background. Then one she of those comes quintessential, home. Like, she scary comes scenes. home, yeah. She comes home, and... Uh, He's like, oh no, oh no, 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 no! And the Indian's got this big drill that he used to drill this very phallic drill into the safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it's, so that's why that's why the drill. And he drills her through the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the time, uh, so he's he has to run all the way over there because he tries calling her yeah. to save her, and she picks up the phone. The Indian starts attacking her, so he starts running. He runs. He has to go all the way across the street to get up there. And this this whole time, the Indian's assaulting her. She's kind of fighting back. But by the time, um, what's the main guy's name? Craig Watson. Craig Watson. Bill Maher. Bill Maher. By the time Bill Maher finally gets there, 
uh, the dudes in the floor above, the Indians Jake in the floor Scully. above, in a very phallic scene that, you know, obviously intentional, the drill's yeah. going down from his spread legs yeah. into the lady, through the floor, and then the drill comes the through blood, the ceiling, the and the blood, blood pours, pours into the ceiling. It's quite something. Quite it's, an image. It's amazing. It's and, deliberately and, yeah. offensive. And he oh, knows yeah. that he's failed. Oh, yeah. He's like, that ain't good. He's he been actually, emasculated he in a weird way. He actually tugs at his tie and goes, oh, uh-huh, yeah. when that happens. <laughs> Boy, I, I'm, I am a real shit heel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what, the cops get involved at this point? Uh, then some cops show up, and they and they don't like him. See, the whole, and that's kind of part of the setup for the movie, too, is that, like, uh, because, well, what if this guy saw this, but then, like, he goes to the cops and goes, uh, well, this is what I saw, and the guy's like, "Well, why were you? Why did you see that?" Yeah, because because then you're like, "What are you, then, some kind of pervert?" Exactly. So then the cop don't the cop immediately doesn't like him. Yeah, and he's like, because he's like, "Well, we didn't find this other guy you're talking about, and also you're a pervert for what?" Yeah, we think maybe you maybe you maybe, killed him. Maybe you did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so he becomes which obsessed clearly, with solving which clearly the crime. he didn't because he's such a wad. He should, <laughs> but you know, he should obviously be on the suspect list because it's all pretty suspicious. Yeah, and then he sees he sort of retreats in himself and he starts he goes to the porno store at one point, right? He, uh, he, sees, he sees an ad, he sees ad on the porn on he's, the he's TV. An ad on yeah. TV for uh, for Holly Body's new video. Holly Body's Holly. Holly does, Body does Holly does Hollywood. Holly does Hollywood. And it's Melanie Griffin. There's a porn star named Holly Body, and he sees her doing the dance mm-hmm. that the girl did. That Gloria of the, the girl who's the dead girl's named Gloria. Gloria Ravel, by the way. Yeah. And uh, great. Then name. he tracks down. He so he tracks down Melanie Griffith. Because he pretty much he's he's starting to think though I think I'm getting yeah. I'm getting tricked here yeah and so he fa- so he finds her but he has to like work his way into the he has world to pretend he's in porno. porn in he order is, to get to he her he is an actor though so yeah. he's got a leg up and then there's a really weird scene this the the Frankie goes to Hollywood goes scene to Ho- where it's just his where it's his entry into porn and it's this guy <laughs> was that Fra- is that the it's guy Frankie from, from Frankie, Frankie goes, goes to Hollywood, Hollywood yeah. and he like is like dressed as like a butler or whatever and he's like here's the entrance to the and door and they do relax um yeah. and uh when you want to come that whole yeah. scene is was that way because uh i read an interview with Brian De Palma about it and they were talking he was like they wanted to do cuz they wanted that song in there and they wanted to do him to also do a video and he was like well if i'm going to fucking make a video for this i'm well, i'm just i'm just going to put it in the movie so he so that whole sequ- sequence yeah. which feels like now there's a music video in here is literally the music video that he made for the oh, Frankie goes to Hollywood cool. song and it's sort of like i might as well montage of yeah. him like going into porn and like exactly. getting closer to uh, Melanie Griffin's character. Yeah. He does a, yeah, a, and this whole scene is very much like actual porn. Right. In that it's a highly orchestrated uh, musical sequence that ends with the, where you don't see any sex at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he, there's a sex scene then and, and you only see the tops of their bodies that are clothed. Yep. Uh, por- t- classic porno. And so then he's pretending to be a porn producer. It's like the least sleazy part of the whole movie is this porno scene. <laughs> but, it's, but it's really cool. Weird. Again, it's a really cool like uh, music no, it's a, video it's a great in the scene. middle Don't of the movie. Uh, it, it knocked me for a loop the first time I saw it, though, because I was like, what is happening now? This is just <laughs> now this is this or what? And it kind of is just like condensing. It's like kind of condensing a whole bunch of a movie that would be him like sneaking around talking to different people. And it's just like, you get it. You get it. He... <laughs> He became involved with porno people. <laughs> yes, like, but they do it in a music video, which is much better. And, and he starts talking to Holly Body and going like, "Hey, you know, I got some opportunities for right. you in porn. If you want to talk, uh, talk to me about it." I want to throw a quote in here real quick too. Oh, cause, please, because this is the best. This is maybe the best quote. Any. Maybe the best quote from the movie. Um, it's uh, Holly Body, and it's when she's talking. to Oh him, man, this part is when great. When they're first talking to him, and again, it's, and it's another scene where <laughs> they're at, it's line. another scene where they're at a restaurant, and there's people around them oh, being, yeah. being like upset about what, like, oh, what are you, how, who, what are you saying? And Holly Body goes, 
And by the way, Melanie Griffith is awesome in this movie. I think she's great. I think yeah, it's like this and this awesome. and something wild, like around the same time. And she's great in both of those movies. She's mm-hmm. an actress that, as a when I first started getting movies, she wasn't. I don't think she's she's great, but there's some there's some parts. So she was she was amazing. For like, so she's fantastic for like a bit. But she so she has this line where she's telling him what she won't do. She goes. I do not do animal acts. I do not do S&M or any variations of that particular bent. No water sports either. Either I will not shave my pussy, no fist fucking, and absolutely no coming in my face. I get $2,000 a day, and I do not work without a contract. Classic. No deal. <laughs> That's way too much stuff off the table, lady. Yeah, right? you're, supposed like, to be, you're supposed to be a fucking professional. Yeah, it's like in Fifty Shades of Grey when she's like, no genital clamps, and you're like, come on. But then what are we doing here? Yeah. Then what are we even doing here? So uh, so he he takes her, then he like convinces her to come back up to his weird house. But <laughs> basically, it, it all comes out that she was hired by Greg Henry, Sam, who is also the Indian, so that he would start watching her. So that he would She was see. impersonating Gloria so that he would see it and become fixated on her and then see the murder by the Indian providing Sam, who's Gloria's real boyfriend, uh-huh. with an alibi. Frank Henry with an alibi. So that he would be like, well, it wasn't me because his eyewitness says it was a, it's Indian. And right. I'm, I'm, an, I'm, look at me. I'm that's that it. guy. That's, the, that's, that's it. the plot. That's the movie. And that's the plot of the movie. And then Sam shows up and tries to kill Melanie Griffith and Craig Wasson. Yeah. And it ends up with him being buried alive. Well, they ki- well they kill the guy. First of all, there's a there's a dog and I want to point this out that the dog is a white is a white German shepherd, a white dog, the same in fact the same white the same dog, exact dog from the movie White Dog. White dog. Oh wow! Because Brian De Palma saw that movie and was like, "I need that." He, Give he, me he, that he dog. had this idea for the dog, and he saw a White Dog, and he went like, "I got it. I need that dog for my movie. I want that dog." So the dog, Give ends me that up, dog. The dog doesn't bark. At, there's a whole thing with the dog not barking at the killer, which doesn't make sense. But then it makes sense later. We're like, "Oh, of course the dog wouldn't bark because it was his owner, so the dog knew him." But so the dog ends up. It ends up with Greg Henry ending up in the reservoir or something because the dog te- tries to tackle Craig Wasson and he ducks or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's all very, it's all very like happens very quick. <laughs> it's kind of lame almost. And then don't they do the North by Northwest ending where she's like, "Get up, get up." Yeah, she's he's saying get up, and, and then it just cuts to him cuts like to in him. a different scene. Yep. Well, it back cuts to a, him back in the movie. Back in the yeah. movie. Back in the vampire De- movie in the coffin. Dennis Franz forgave him. <clears throat> yeah, he's been recast. Re- recast. Yep. Yep. And he's like McClay. Yeah, sorry. Sam drowns in the reservoir, and then Craig Wasson's back. In and the, Melanie in the Griffith is there on yep. the set of the movie, so I guess they're pals now. Yep, she's forgiven him or whatever. But then the last thing we see in the movie is them setting up a fake. It's like awesome. A, bit, a body an actual double. body, a body double, double scene. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool too. Which is which is a callback to the behind the scenes stuff that we didn't talk about of Dress to Kill, which is that uh, that opening scene with Angie Dickinson is a body it, double. Is a body double. All the close ups. That's all a body double. Yeah. And so this was him, I guess, showing how they made well, that movie, which is kind this of I don't came know after kind of... Scarface, right? Uh, yeah. So he had taken a lot of heat for Scarface, right? And he had also taken a lot of heat throughout his career for for misogyny. Mm-hmm. And I think that this movie is just clearly him retaliating and saying, like, look, it's look, I'm not a misogynist. These are actors. I am making a movie. It's yeah. all fake. This is not real. If uh, if you have if everybody. 
have, I don't, you might be able to find them online, but there's a great book called Brian De Palma Interviews and I, that I read several years ago. It's just interviews with him about each of his movies. And there's one that it's in the new Blu-ray, the Indicator Blu-ray, mm-hmm. I think, that came out a while ago. But it's an, it's this very combative interview with him. And I can't remember who the, what, who the woman was, but, but she keeps making asides about how he's like, he's leering at me now. This is making me uncomfortable <laughs> during Weird. the interview. But he's but he does. There's another interview too where he talks about how uh, that was kind of what he was going for with this. Is that okay. he wanted to just push it as far as he could, and he was like, "Fuck the critics! I'm gonna make a movie where a guy drills some lady <laughs> with this giant drill, and then then you'll yo okay, you think that was bad." And there's a three minute long strip scene. Well, I mean, one of yeah. the things he said in multiple interviews is, you know, I like looking at beautiful women, and I like photographing beautiful women, and that's what part of the movies are for, and. Mm-hmm. There you go. He's pretty unapologetic about it. And he also talks about how he's a visual stylist constantly, which is true. And that's what we've been talking about a lot on this. And so he's kind of going like, well, look, sometimes scenes that are like visually beautiful or like play like this are violent scenes. And it's, you know, I happen to like women. So women get murdered in my scenes. What can I do? Which is, you know, whatever. Maybe that's a maybe that's a shitty a shitty reason or it's excuse. It's not really a reason or an excuse. But, it's just his aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. And also, he seems, every time you read an interview with him or, or see an interview with him and that comes up, he immediately seems bored and tired with, because yeah. you're like, he's just like, ugh. It's How like, much more does he have to defend this? It is a little like when you see, uh, Tarantino. Tarantino talk when people talk <laughs> He's about so when people talk to wow. him about the violence in his movies or whatever, and they get you, you, it's like, and I, I mean, I, I understand because you're just like, is this what we're are we talking? We're still yeah, talking about. I've done this a thousand <laughs> times now. Hey, so, well, you know, you and I are fond of saying it goes Hitchcock to Palma Tarantino. So mm-hmm. well, and I mean, De Palma, Brian De Palma is uh, T- Tarantino's favorite filmmaker. Yeah. I, I mean, and primary influence, I think. Oh yeah, well, Blowout's one of his favorite movies of all time. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, what 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 do we have to say about the ending of so the ending of uh, of um, of Body Double is essentially them setting up this shot for this movie. So now we're back into now we're back where we were at the start of this movie and the start of Blowout, which is it's like the, the polar we're, we're, opposite. We're a POV, and the start of Dress to Kill. We're a POV. Oh no, but well, I mean specifically, we're a POV of a movie camera filming a movie. Yeah. And so it's like they're setting up this. They take out the the actress. They put in the other uh, Body Double. So Jake Scully's got to keep his hand at the same place, and it's yeah. like just very—it's just very. Uh, it feels like it's really happening too, because the acting yeah. becomes oddly naturalistic for uh-huh. a De Palma movie. Like yeah. this, like maybe the actors didn't even know this was being shot, and, and, it, and he was just also, filming the whole time because he's got to keep his hand in the right position so it matches the other shot before, so his hand will be on the. And so it ends but with it basically clearly, a close-up of his hands on these this lady's but boobs. He's like, hey, careful with my it. nipples; they're sensitive. That's right. I think more importantly than the setup of the shot that ends the movie is the way that it gets to the scene because at the end of the fight with Greg Henry, he's getting buried in the reservoir and then it cuts to him in the coffin again in this set that's underground, Mm -hmm. like him being buried underground and it's almost as if the movie didn't happen. Right. Mm -hmm. But then that's, we know that that's not what took place, but we, but the, the immediate visual impression is this is a fantasy. Right. And we're left on the note of this isn't real. This is a fantasy. Right. I mean, the only thing, the only clue that anything actually transpired is that she's there. Is that Melanie Griffith is there? And you're like, well, he didn't know her. It's not implying that that didn't happen, but the emotional note of it is this is not, this is all not real. This is all a fantasy. And it very much could be the dream sequence because, like we said before, he does that. He does that all the time. Dressed to kill. Uh, Did that in uh, Carrie. 
and uh, movies that we'll talk about in the next that, episode. We'll talk about in the next episode. Yeah. Sp- specifically, one movie that we'll talk about that is <laughs> he really leans into it. Almost only that. <laughs> yeah, that that handles it in a completely amazing way. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get to that. So blowout. It is or the, blowout op- it's, the it's the opposite of uh, blowout while using the same device because the device in blowout is used for maximum uh, emotional impact, yeah. and in this one, it's it's, it's like deliberately it's totally distancing, de- totally deflation, yeah. where you're, where like the, the ending almost feels like ah come on guys. Well, he's, I mean, who fucking cares? He's right? trying to point out. He's trying to do. He's doing his thing about voyeurism. He's trying to point out the sort of like destabilizing, distancing uh, powers of cinema. I mean, there's a line in the movie where he's talking to the cop after the after the killing, and the cop says to him, "You're the reason Gloria Ravel got murdered." Right. The whole movie is an indictment of an audience. It's voyeuristic. It's not saying anything other than like, look. This woman only got killed because we're making a movie about a woman who got killed. Right. Mm-hmm. That's which, it. Which makes us all feel very sad about the end of Blowout. But then again, we're the only reason that she got killed. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> because they had to kill her in that movie so we could watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, thanks to Palma. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, like, now, now Body Double makes me sad. This one gets better every <laughs> time I see it because I think the metafictional aspects of it work on a level yeah. that don't really play into a lot of his other films. I think I just sometimes when I do rewatch this movie I'm either on I'm either like fine with Craig Wasson or I'm done mm. with it. I'm done with him immediately. This has the most in common with Femme Fatale. Femme Fatale is him recalibrating this for, you know, 15 years later, yeah. 20 years later uh, and it's, you know, they're they're working on the same levels. Yeah. All right. Uh ratings Ratings. I give it definitely five Douglases. Five Douglases. Five Douglases. Absolutely. I would, I'm going to give it five. I'm going to give it five. Uh, five everything. And You're I'm giving gonna, it five jokes. Yeah, I'm going to give it five drills. I'm going to say five f- drills. You know, I'm not going to give it five. And I'm not going to that's the five drills. I'm going to give it. Uh, I'm going to give it three and a half Juds because I think it works. I think all the sequences separately work, but I don't think it works quite. It's not quite a Cracker Jack like thriller it's sort of like it it comes and goes it like is up and down like sometimes i'm like i don't i'm not as into this so i, mean, I can't quite give it the full, full i am five. thoroughly into this as a construct i love that part i mean i love i i like that part of it too but i think as like as like a, a story where the thriller like something like blowout where you're just mm. on the edge of your seat the whole time and this one where you're kind of like whoa that scene was great what now that's a music video i don't know what's happening yeah. um so i can't quite like but like uh but totally five five douglas's crossway it's sleaze sleaze <laughs> this movie this movie is dripping this dripping wet with sleaze <laughs> and uh and five white ducks oh five white ducks <laughs> uh i'm giving it, i'm giving it three juds i do i have come around i did not like this at all the first time i saw this but watching it again you just it like it's like you said for Four, give me four fucking great scenes, yeah. and and if a movie has four great scenes in it, I gotta like it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot that I don't like about, or at least that I'm indifferent about. A lot of it feels like a wank to me. Yeah. Um. Even the st- obviously it is a wank because <laughs> Jamal <laughs> wants you to jack off to a lot of this stuff, but a lot of it just sort of feels tossed off. Um. Eh, but it's got a ama- but it's got amazing stuff in it, yeah. and um. Obviously five Douglases, <laughs> and I'm gonna give it two sensitive nipples. Ooh. Yeah. There's I have two. one more quote nice. from this movie that I would like. <laughs> Please. Where was it here? It's just a very brief moment where he's on the porn set and this guy goes... <laughs> yeah, it's a porn star. This guy, this guy goes, I am not just a stunt cock. I'm an actor. And um, and I and I find myself saying that so much. And uh, I, I do want to point out that, like, uh, who it was... Uh, Franz was in the first two movies that we did. And now it's... Uh, Franz was in this one, too. Yeah, Francis in this. Francis in all three. Because I don't know, we didn't talk about Francis in all three. But now uh, he passes the torch to so Greg to speak, Henry. To Greg Henry, 
who uh, Franz, we won't we won't see him again in the next three movies we profile. But Greg but we, Henry will be in two of will, them. Greg Henry will be in two of them. Sadly, not in one of them, yeah. which he totally could have just. He, he in should have been in Snake Eyes, but is not. He is in not Snake for Eyes. some somehow he's not in Snake Eyes, even though he should have. been. Gary Sinise is in it instead somehow. It it's, should be Greg. Henry. It should be Greg Henry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mad Magazine titles. Oh, oh man. Well, episode, I mean, as the episode well, draws to a close, Bordy Dumble. I am going to. I got. I got one for that, and yeah. I, we used it before. But B A W D Y body body yeah. prattle body prattle okay okay body prattle because it's judgmental. Oh man! Well, this was a bunch of. Blow. I feel like I feel like with like blowout they wouldn't even try it. We'd be like blown out or something. Blowed out. Blowed out. Yeah. Black blacked out. Black blow out. blow ouch. Black to kill. Black to kill. Uh, there is a dress to kill one which I'll be posting on our website. Oh, what's it uh, called? Undressed to kill. Oh boo! Oh great! Oh great! <laughs> I was gonna say like a mess to kill or something. Ooh, like that. Yeah, yeah, a mess to a kill. Mess yeah, to kill. Uh, that's uh, fun. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I can't think of any. I can't think of any. Yeah. But I can't think of one better than body prattle. Prattle. <laughs> How often do you hear the word prattle? Body, in a body these prattle days? is the. That's, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you should hear more podcasts are just prattle. Really. Body dribble. Uh, I thought yeah. about that too because it's that's kind of gross. Also, yeah. it's better gross. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's uh. That's coming up next. Part one. Yeah, next, Coming up next, next episode, uh, Ward De Palma. Raising Cane, Snake Eyes, Fump Fatale. That's it for now. Until then, the suspense is killing us. Bye. Bye. Bye.